Internet friends, and welcome to episode number 151 of Final Boss TV, your wild game rating show. I'm your host, my name is Adam KAKA Bay, and today we're finally talking about my spec. And it always comes up like, why is enhancement so late in the rotation? Where is enhancement? Well, I made a discussion video about this when the new patch came out, all the changes happened. But because I stream all the time and talk about enhancement, it's always going to get pushed to later thing. I put things in front of it because that is more important because you can always ask me stupid questions all the time about this damn spec and how much it's changed. But that's why it's finally today. We only have one more major show left in the first pass junket for Legion. We have Brewmaster Monk coming up next Sunday. Then I'll be gone for a few weeks and then we're taking some shows off. And then basically the next show starts with the pre-BlizzCon special on October the 29th, I believe, off the top of my head. And there'll be a post-BlizzCon show. And then we'll be starting back up again with all the shows again. And all of the shows in the future, as far as we can get before the end of Legion, I suppose, will be individual specs. We'll start with mages, hunters, rogues, and warlocks to give them all individual spec shows down the line. So that's going to be happening. You've asked for it, so it's, it's, it's happening. But outside of that... A quick early shout out, of course, to the people that make this possible, the assistant producers of Final Boss TV and everyone else that helps support the show over on the Patreon channel. Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, Dalthier, Quen, Virez, and a side nod to Poke for the temporary assistant producer support. Thank you very much for that. If you are curious and want more of the show, that exists over on the Patreon page, linked down below. There are BTS podcasts that are posted there. You can go check out. These are unscripted, sort of behind the scenes, just jibber-jabbering, ranting, talking about the show, and uh, setting up for it. There's also show notes. Those are listed there as well if you want to follow along with those. And there's other BTS things that pop up, like work in progress sort of things. But one thing I want to make sure I plug here, this is a brand new. I just did this the other day over the weekend. The first 12 podcasts in the BTS category now are all available to any pledge so you can toss the show a dollar and if you were curious about how these podcasts worked out you can go check those out there again there are 12 of them that are now available for just the basic Patreon pledge anyone dollar two dollars whatever there's 12 of them you can go check those out over on the channel just hit that play button go for it from right there additionally if you miss any of the past shows you can go check out all the shows on our YouTube channel. Those are listed down below. They're listed by the year. So you can go subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out all of these shows as they go and as we finish up this first big pass and go back in time. The the funny part, we're about to see uh, a guest on the show multiple times. Who's this face right here? Look at this little butterface. Who's this little this little youngling right here? Look at this guy. He looks very different on the show today. You're, I, can't, I, I didn't believe my eyes either. And of course, if you want to support the show and keep it going, the subscribe button is right here on Twitch. It's like right there. Or you can follow the channel here, of course. But that's enough blabbing about me. I have a manager now. I have to talk about this kind of stuff. Otherwise, uh, I'll be in trouble. But because I don't want to wait any longer and I need to show chat, uh, word up is here. Hello, sir. Welcome back to talk about stuff. Hey, it's been a while. Ha All the way back since Hellfire. Well, on the show proper, we just talked about 725 recently. Yes, that's true. But you didn't get to see my uh, 
My new look. Your conquistador look. He <laughs> looks like a pirate. Look at this guy. <laughs> well, I don't know. Can, could, could Brits be pirates? I don't even play outlaw. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a wow joke. Yeah, because you're playing Assassination know, uh, right now. That's just awkward, yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, not enhancement. Um, uh, that has to get out of there, I suppose, so, really early. So why are you on the show? Because <sighs> no one gets to play enhancement in the latest platoon <laughs> now, do they? <laughs> that's very oh. true. And joining us on the fresh meat side of things, there's Rusa. Hello, sir. Welcome. Hello. And you're also not playing Enhancement later on in Tomb, are you? Uh, uh, not later on. Currently not playing, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's I'm not sure a choice. We'll, I'm sure we'll We're get into been, that. We've just been forced out of it. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, no. that, that's not true. I could choose to stay Enhancement. I would just be on the bench. <sighs> that's not to open the show off with some, like, initial salt, but that's going to be part of the show is, is digging into... And this came up on the Method show last week. The state of the current tier we're in and, and what specs actually work right now. And it's very noticeable that certain ones just don't. One of them being ours, unfortunately. So it's very, very sad. Hopefully that isn't the, the case in, in, in Antorus, the Burning Throne. Is that the longest raid name we've ever had? I think so. Ooh. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Lei Shen, the Thunder King? That one was pretty long. Well, that's just the name of the boss. And Taurus, the Burning Throne, is the name of the raid. It's all uh, one... Terrace of Endless Spring actual, was pretty long. Yeah. Raid. yeah. That's, that's yeah. true. That is true. But I'll go back around the table here and go back to Russo real quick, because you're new to this whole shebang. So what do you do in our little WoW sphere for enhancement? Like, what, what, do, you, uh, what do you dabble in, sir? I do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, I do... Um, a lot of, uh, I guess, theory crafting, you could typically call it nowadays. Um, I've taken over uh, uh, supporting and maintaining all of the SimCraft module stuff for Enhancement Shaman. Uh, big shout out to Nav and all the work he's done for years and years. And the, the massive amounts of work that he did uh, for all of the beta and up until now. And e even now, he still finds little things and throws them in there on, on, his, on his own. But uh, huge shout out to his support um, up until... You know, earlier this year, I, I, I took over. Um, I do uh, a lot of discussing with people uh, about, you know, thoughts. Uh, for the last uh, three or four major patches, I've been trying to compile feedback from the community and other, um, you know, top enhancement shamans and trying to get that out to Blizzard, uh, which we saw a lot of success in the last patch. And uh, hang out on the Enhanced Discord, try to help people out to answer questions. Yeah, I'm Just trying to trying to support the community support yeah. the spec yeah i was bringing up i mean to cut you off i was just excited i'm bringing up the uh seven three class discussion we have just plugging the the number of us that have been part of this i i started the first one way back in seven one i think and then you've made and compiled all of them since then so it's been a I think while that's about right, yeah yeah there's been a lot of ups and downs and and granted mostly ups but there are still some I wish every spec can probably talk about is uh, that a lot of interesting things, but these threads do really well. So appreciate the work you guys put into those and keeping those compiled moving forward. Well, and those wouldn't also be successful without the community. Um, you know, so many people have come out and had positive things to say and very productive things to say. And, uh, you know, that, that went a really long way towards um, getting, you know, Blizzard's attention. Uh, I, I think the civility of, 
all of that discussion was was I was very surprised and pleased by. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense because some of the some of the specs threads aren't uh, very nice. Ooh, yeah, which that doesn't Moving get more hostile. That doesn't get anything buff, done. Buff single target increased survivability. Mm, yeah. <laughs> But well, then shot. toss it over to this oh this 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 pirate on the show today. Word up! What do you what do you do if anyone doesn't know who you are? Refresh <laughs> refresh them on who the heck. I've um uh, now I maintain guides on on icy veins and wowhead, but I used to maintain them on everywhere um, <laughs> and had Google Docs and spreadsheets and things like that. There's not as many now because there's so many different things that you can't really spreadsheet out as easily. Um, but I keep all the guides up to date. I did. A lot of YouTube stuff, which has tailed off with how intensive Tomb and Legion in general is, with just keeping up, but I'm going to ease back into that. Um, and do a lot of stuff with Discord, like Rusa, um, a lot of like Q&A with people, helping people one-on-one -on -one with the spec. And generally just being as stubborn as possible, that enhancement is good, um, mm -hmm. until it, it isn't quite. And then just being as quiet as possible so no one notices. <laughs> yeah, they're the truth. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, so I wanted to make sure we we bring that to a head, is that you... This doesn't happen with every uh, spec and or class out there, but you maintain and sort of mirror both the Icy Veins and Wowhead guides for enhancement. Because that's always a question that I get in chat, like, which guide do I look at? Which one is accurate? So, thankfully, due to your all the hours you put into coding all this in the back end, they're the same, essentially. Well, yeah, aside from the fact that they can't be identical, all the information oh. is as as consistent, at least. So there's not, like, a few other classes have, like, disconnects between them, which confuses people most of the time. If you go to one, it's going to be the same as the other. Maybe, like, a little bit of difference here or there in the wording, but it's going to be the same. So I think that's been really helpful for us, that there's a lot less... Uh, varying sources that conflict with each other that make it difficult to just get the right answer. Right. Yeah. Because as... <clears throat> there, are like, there are blog sites that have built up or like the Warlock one-stop shop that, it, that it, it grows and with the evolution of Discord and the propagation information, that is really helpful. But these are still really mainstays, but it just... It always gets to a point in every expansion where one of the other two major, major guides, Wowhead or Icy Veins, are always like way out of date. And everyone's like, don't look at that, it's garbage. And then we're like, well, where do I look then? Yeah, well, it's been <laughs> it's been a lot of work keeping them up to date because we've changed a lot. And it's yeah. instead of like in WOD where it was like six months and you'd have a long time to prepare, it's been like, you've got a month. You've got to get everything ready again yep. and then change everything again. But uh, I think it's been a lot better that there's just everything's all similar because in what there was the same problem where people will go do i look at this guide or this guide or this guide and you know different people like different ones and then everyone gets confused and you just end up like having a lot of wasted discussion with people because you fundamentally have read different resources yeah so outside of that plugging all of these things we have so we have the 7.3 and I'll, I'll link this stuff in the description box on youtube and we'll toss some links in chat here there, there is something else that is being built, Rusa, that we could at yep. least forcibly talk about on the show right now to make sure that it gets created and finished, maybe? 
yeah, yeah, I'm like 90% of the way done with it. I'm, I'm at the point where really I just need to um, get off my butt and get it over the get over the finish line. But uh, I've got a website, um, blog site that so many other sites uh, specs have uh, basically um, meant to be a front end kind of uh, aggregate, uh, either guide links to guides or um, you know just random thoughts or or expanding on certain common questions or uh, ideas that people have. Um, so we're working on a website that uh, probably be live in the next two or three weeks. Um, site's mostly done. It just uh, I just need to finish styling, actually start writing some content on it, and then uh, get a host. But uh, uh, folks can look for that in the next couple weeks. We'll probably get a announcement in the Earth Shrine Discord and maybe in some uh, some guides here and there. Uh, it's going to be uh, stormstrike.io, so we'll we'll have that up in the next couple of weeks. You can put that right next to your storm, earth, and lava website for your yep, elemental, yep. and then your enhancement, and then as far as I know, the stuff that's being, still being on Chain Heal. We'll have a website for all three specs. <gasps> I'm I'm sure the the resto and the Ellie guys will be happy to have a, a site they can point other people at. Right, because they've been asking off and on, like, "Hey, where's the enhancement site? Hey, what do what do you guys got?" And we're like. Nothing at the moment. It's, but, it's but Word yeah. Up's Google document. Just go to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, that's what it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll have uh, we'll have that come in the next couple of weeks, and um, we'll uh, build some nice feeds for some cross spec stuff with Chain Hill and uh, Stormwrath and Lava. So, so this is a this is a side question before we bring up a giant meaty part of the first part of the show. Here is that obviously SimCraft is a thing. You mentioned SimCraft, and, and you're responsible as well as a few others for making our module. And then that, of course, now you can use... Well, I don't know about responsible, but... Uh, yeah. But then but that, that gets then used through raid bots in the cloud. If you don't know what raid bots is, you go check that out. I'll be making a, a guide on how to use raid bots in the future. But that's a way to more tangibly understand and use SimCraft. But then in the raid bot stuff, we brought this up on the Healer shows recently... The WoW Analyzer tool, and I've been asked this a few times, is there going to be a module or a setting that we'll eventually have for enhancement to track on the WoW Analyzer tool? Or is that, what is what is the we've, status on that one, do we know? We've discussed this before, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure all of us have been approached individually. WoW Analyzer is a great tool for predictable or measurable type things. The, the issue with enhancement is there's too many randomized kind of variables that you can't really analyze well because there's too many reasons why it may or may not have happened. Like like a simple simple example is, you know, maybe you look and you wasted 15% uh, of your Stormbringer procs. But that could be as, as of absolutely no fault of your own. That could have been for one of many different things. So... You know, it's it's difficult to come up with a tool that can accurately say, here's what you're doing wrong, here's what you can be doing better, outside of simple things like, you know, is your flame time up uh, up time or flame tongue up time good, or you know, are you uh, properly hitting cooldowns together, or, or are you missing casts of a cooldown? Simple stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't know that there's a whole lot of real effective like deep dive analysis that can be done. Okay. Yeah, that's really like something for us specifically that there's a lot of little things like um, this was really big with the feedback that we gave uh, leading into this patch that there are th things that make it really difficult to actually visibly know why you did good or bad and there's no like feedback on that 
um, to the player. So the reason that you did, I don't know, 50k less this pull could be because you didn't proc Unleash Doom at all for like the whole of Bloodlust. And that was it. And that was how you controlled. There's nothing you could do. That was random. And you played around all the procs that did happen, but you couldn't have made it proc more. You didn't play wrong, per se. You just didn't get it at the right time. And that's just the nature of how the spec works. And it's not like that's the only thing. Um, there's, there's enough other little procs that if they happen at the right time or the wrong time, that's a huge swing. And that's just like the nature of the spec. Yeah. And that's fair. Like the analyzer tool really works well. And we looked at the on the last couple of, of healer shows where they the healing specs can really get a lot of tactile information out of it. Because usually have they have less hopefully, due to the fact that healers don't like the RNG, they have less things that just like get in the way. And they can get some really, really awesome analytical information about like uptimes and percentages and mana usage and missed heals and overhealing percentage or whatever. And it's really neat, but there are some specs, maybe in the future, it could be a thing. I know some DPS specs are on the analyzer tool, but it's very few as they slowly build them in, but just more tools. These things didn't exist a few years ago, so it's neat to see at least the evolution of how that is all building up. Well, I would say if, if you know, the community demand is for a simpler tool for things like, um, you know, just buff up times, you know, the, the real simple kind of checklist stuff, then I'm, I'm sure that could get built out. But at the end of the day, I don't know how useful, like I don't know how much information a player would be expecting you to get out of that tool mm -hmm. for, for enhancement specifically. Okay. So, That's why so, I bring so that up. Maybe, maybe there will be something, but probably yeah. not. It was just a big thing that comes up sometimes with, with, your, with our specs and other ones about, and it goes for a lot of different specs too. And I'm sure it's a question that gets brought up some ways because... Everyone sort of wants to know in the broader scope of things, but whatever this kind of in-depth in the BTS podcast too, is that we, a lot of people just like to be told what to play, unfortunately, instead of like building and experimenting, and understanding and growing and learning and practicing. So at the end of the day, there needs to be some like, this is the best or you should do this kind of a, an answer to at least starter players. But I'm not going to bring that up right now because Word Up ranted about that for like 15 minutes last night. <laughs> yeah, that's on the behind the scenes thing. Yeah. Um about that. But yeah. That's that's really something that I think a lot of the time with enhancement, just just knowing how it works, just like from the guides or from speaking to people who play it, you're gonna get more out of that than a tool that goes into your log and finds little things that you can really focus on. Um you get a lot out of just just like spending a bit of time to read everything and check. Right. And just follow that. Mm-hmm. So the big first meaty section of the show I want to bring up is we're kind of going to harken back to the current situation we're sitting in with 7.25. And the 2.5 patches, the .5s rather, are really huge, normally focused class changes. Even though they're doing more of those in the next patch, which isn't a .5 because Feral and Frosty K are getting quite a bit, but whatever. I always look at this when I was looking at the, the patch notes and it's a huge list. I'm not going to read this whole damn thing. But just to bring it up from the cliff notes on the Icy Veins guide that Word Up put together, I mean, everyone got two new legendaries. We had all core damage increased by 10%. Earth and Spike was up. Tailstorm was up. Fury of Air was up. Numerous talents were reworked and moved. Landslide, Boulder Fist, Ascendance. Crash Lightning went up. Hot Hand, Proc Rate went down to make it comparable with the 15 tier. Wind, uh, wind Surge was changed. Wind Strikes was changed. 
all this. This is a massive. I mean, my list on my notes is actually longer. Like, <laughs> what is what is this? So, uh oh, was this? It's all necessary though, right? Word up. Like, what did seven two five fix the major problems that we were dealing with in Legion up until this point? When it comes to the damage toolkit, it was probably one of the most successful. Like mid-expansion reworks of a spec I've ever seen, not just Legion, because um, we had some real fundamental problems that I thought were like so big that they wouldn't get fixed until the next expansion, kind of thing. But they they listened to the feedback that we gave. They had a really good back and forth with us over something, especially with the really big changes like Stormbringer and Tempest and how they worked. They really did actually engage with us, even though we weren't intended to have big changes this patch. Um, and we came out of the gates with a really, really good rework on some really serious problems. Mm -hmm. And I think virtually everything that was changed uh, was necessary, and it was pretty on point. Like They hit the numbers right for most things. Uh, still a couple of things here, like Hailstorm still isn't really, because it's got fundamental problems. Um, but that's the kind of thing that is forgivable, and it's like, it's not like it's going to break the spec. They fix the real problems that really impact having fun in the game. Which I think that the biggest one, which I believe that every enhancement shaman out there can in ring true, is Ascendance. Finally isn't garbage. Because all uh, up in this point, it was just total crap. Amongst amongst other talents, it's not just Ascendance. And, and real quick, going back to uh, kind of touching on something Ward said there was initially we were not slated for any kind of uh, changes at all uh, in 725. They publicly said we are not looking at unwinding these problems in the middle of the expansion. But then they turned around and did the opposite. I think that they started digging into it and realizing themselves like, okay, yeah, there's some serious issues here. And so so we're really appreciative that, that Blizzard you know, listened to the feedback and, and worked with us on it. Um, Ascendance was uh, one that we pushed heavily on because it had been for lack of a better word, worthless the entire expansion. Mm -hmm. We found out once we once we actually started digging into the rework because because they started changing uh, ascendance in the beta or in the PTR. We started finding all sorts of bugs with it. Uh, certain things didn't work. Uh, Windlash didn't count as full auto attacks, so it wasn't proccing our core class mechanic. Like there was just so many little issues with it that we looked back and we said, wow, this this was actually like a significant DP lo DPS loss for taking it. And that's the way we always felt when trying it out occasionally on live. You know, you would you would spec Ascendance and it's supposed to be a big button that, you know, really like, like amps up your gameplay. But, you know, on live before 725, every time you push it, the entire spec just grinds to a halt. You feel like nothing's happening. You feel like you get no procs, you know, your damage just plummets. And uh, so, yeah, we found there was a lot of a lot of little issues that they were able to get in and fix. Um, but then the fundamental issue with Ascendance was it just didn't do anything for us. Its design was to generate essentially more Maelstrom uh, at, when it, at a time that we were like heavily overflow. Like we, we didn't care about the resource. So, you know, we're really happy they turned it a lot more similar to uh, Elemental, where it's just this rapid fire, wind strike, um, you know, high reactiveness, you know, really high power ability. I, I genuinely think it's one of the better cooldowns in the game right now. Yeah. Yeah, Ascendance now is really fun. It especially comes to ahead with the gloves. 
Um, just Definitely. getting to, to, to have it up all the time. It's just a really, really fun cooldown. And the like little unique thing of being at range never was like that big of a deal in the past, but this tier round, like I've noticed it a lot. Like I, I heavily so many times that on Mistress. Uh, there are times that you know, uh, like like the fourth fish, I'll pick up. Uh, I'll pick up the fish. I hit a sentence. I don't move in because I don't want to. You know, I don't want to get hit. I want to lose that buff. It's it's really noticeable the utility it gives. Oh yeah, because originally, it, it it and this is this is this is part of the contention point with that. And I think as I bring this up, of course, we're all gonna go like, and the enhanced ones out there are gonna have a problem with the fact that they we lost. Well, which we lovingly call rad blast. Which was storm blast, <laughs> which was when it turned storm strike into storm blast. The range, like super chain lightning, scaling with mastery, mastery. scaling, yeah. yeah. Because we have like a little wind disc nonsense now, wind strike, which is very, very, very underwhelming in comparison. But at least the new version of ascendance reducing the cooldown and cost of storm strike, all of wind strike, by eighty percent, really has at least a machine gun style like, super heavy wind disc feel when you get those chain procs over and over and over again. It I, feels a lot better, that's for sure. Yeah. I don't understand. This is, like, a, a really personal thing. I don't know why the glyph of Ascendance disappeared, because I want to be an elemental panda. Damn it! But, uh... <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> that needs to come back. Especially with the gloves, I want to just snap into lightning panda instead of turning into that stupid, junky, old cataclysm model that's so broken. It's just like... Ugh. Ew. Ew. That's all it does when it attacks. That's just a that's a little assault. That's fine. Maybe we'll get it back at 8.0. I don't know. <laughs> and then they also fixed Earth and Spike as well uh, yep. to yep. go with it. And that talent was literally never good since they put it in the game. Like the entirety of, of Alpha Beta, it was just it was just not good. It, it suffered was... from the same problem. It was a DPS loss to use it. It was it was worth not taking a talent. Yeah, it was it was kind of like there wasn't the room to use it in the rotation, and when you did use it, you basically had to cross your fingers that you'd get procs during it, otherwise mm -hmm. it was just completely worthless. And the increase that it gave, not that great, but now you've got Earthen Spike where you're pretty likely to get some procs inside it. It's going to line up with Doomwinds, which is pretty good, and you've got the gloves now where you've got like a crazy high roll of the gloves procking just as you Earthen Spike, and then you get like 10 seconds of extreme burst, which is really, really fun if you want to like go for that gamble with your talents, because there's finally now in the tree an actual flex pick on a talent tree where it's it's what you want for different fights instead of what we've had in the past where it was like uh, you take this, 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 and this, and that's your talents for everything, and you don't change. We had, yeah, and that comes up on every show. We had a very definitive build through, like, all the way up to Helia before they did the first, like, huge hammer down because apparently a, a handsome was too good. We were too good right before Mythic Helia became a thing. And then they crushed us. And we were like, for all of the rest of Mythic Helia and all of Nighthold, basically. We we're just like, eh. I but think at the time we were, somebody did some uh, analysis of the percent utilization of different talents, uh, like right at the end, like right before oh, really? 715. And I think that Enhance and Rep Paladins were the two least diverse specs in the entire game at the time. As yeah. far as uh, talent choices go, I believe it. I mean, not trying to throw shade at our Rep Pally friends, but we had their show and they definitely iterated on the fact that they have very few options even now. So, 
it hasn't changed much for them, unfortunately. But maybe in maybe in seven three they have a little bit of coming changes with their wing nerf to their relic and all that kind of stuff. But so far for seven point three for us, all we have is like a four percent aura tune up. But it doesn't include our artifact goldens, feral spirits, or hailstorm, resulting in a less than actual four percent aura. So what? It uh, it actually that is something that they added and fixed in seven two five. That was a, a significant problem that we had. Um, enhancement got its aura dialed up a significant amount, up around 34% before they baked it all in baseline. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they did that, they actually rolled Hailstorm, Feral Spirits. They, they rolled everything into the spec, so everything's count, everything counts now. So that 4% tune-up um, does for sure affect Feral Spirit and Hailstorm. Um, Offhand, I'm like 90% sure that it counts for Doom Winds or for uh, Unleash Doom and uh, Doom Vortex. Yeah, Doom Vortex. I kept wanting to call it Doom Nova. <laughs> Don't do it. Doom Vortex, Doom Nova. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm like 99% sure it, it affects those. But uh, yeah, that, that was a problem before, but thankfully they, they resolved that. Okay. So that All was a problem the I think they, they didn't realize in some cases that that it wasn't there and it needed to be um oh. because i well, believe when we when we brought it up they added it in very quickly after um, they were really hesitant to give hailstorm any kind of buffs because i think internally they were saying you know hailstorm should be strong but you know it, the, the problem was it just kept falling so far behind everything else um and uh yeah it caused caused us a lot of grief um there's this is a this kid on mine right now it, it, I don't know how much we've really dived in or how much you guys have dived into the math in 7.3 coming on the future. And we're just kind of future casting a little bit here because obviously we're, we're maybe weeks, if not a month plus more away or something like that. But the, the Netherlight Crucible giving us a free 15 eye levels and because Hailstorm is weapon damage, is that, that's a, a basically a hidden buff to Hailstorm, which I know some enhanced summons want to use again and use and feel healthy about. But it's always it's tough to have that on the same tier as ancestral swiftness because six percent flat multiplicative haste is a lot as we gain more gear too, and as they keep not putting haste on our gear, we need to shore it up somewhere else. But is that yeah? Like I I don't I, I can't see hailstorm in the number that it has right now beating swiftness just as long as haste remains good because obviously that weapon damage we're gaining is going to buff up. The storm strikes and the lava lashes that true, we're getting true. from the haste, uh, which means that hailstorm's just got a, a real issue that it is really it requires extra input to make use of, and downtime kills it. It's if you get downtime in the wrong time after refreshing it, it is really bad. That can cripple the talent. Um, whereas with ancestral swiftness, it's not as bad because you don't need to refresh anything. You just do your rotation a little bit faster, get a little bit more procs, and you can't mess up Ancestral Swiftness. Right. It, it also sits in this awkward balancing phase, like even just outside of the gameplay, it sits in this awkward balancing problem with uh, our one of our legendary rings, the Eye of Twisting Nether, and uh, the, the, the wrist, the, the Lava Lash wrist, Akainu's, mm -hmm. where it, it has this issue where they can't tune Hailstorm up too much without making those requisite legendaries like too powerful 
it's it's this really mm. awkward place where if they make it strong by itself it's way too strong with the legendary combinations and if they make it too weak nobody plays it outside of those legendaries so it's this it's this very strange design like in this strange design space that i think they'll probably i think they'll probably like totally either remove or or remove that dependency in the next expansion yeah it, it, you bring up that sort of a, of a counter argument but it's weird because a lot of the other specs in the game that have like resource modifying legendaries that are always good that have no drawbacks like the arms pants or the havoc ring even though they've been nerfed they're still good because they always have a use they always have a benefit whereas we have these like like these ones that have to have stipulations to even turn on that then even when we turn them on because of back end numbers aren't the best performing wise ones so it's it's such a damn annoying thing to keep hearing about and which is that it's weird i guess that's, a, that's the only thing i could say and i don't know how they internally figure out the numbers on how they feel that that's okay because at this point now we have so many legendaries across the whole game Right? You have so many. I mean, 13 for your main spec, I think, at this point, or something like that. 12, 13. And it comes down to, like, you only care about two, maybe three. It's unfortunate. Um, I think I think we're one of the specs that have actually got a bit more options with our legendaries. We've got quite a lot that we can just use that aren't mm. awful. They're not exactly exciting, a lot of them, but they, they work. You could you could make use of them. You could probably rank pretty well if you wanted to do that. You could use them for certain bosses, and they wouldn't be terrible. Um, is is and there's it's less of a gulf between the ones that are really good and everything else that is garbage, which happens to be for a, quite a common thing with a lot of specs. Mm -hmm. That's very true. But we'll move on from that. We'll talk more about and get like a breakdown of legendaries and and all that kind of good gobbledygook later on in the show. But I want to bring up the I don't know. The chat was making fun of us a little bit earlier. I mean, every every show that comes on is always like, oh, I hope they're ready to, you know, is it going to be another wine fest or, or whatever? But the the major point that comes up about enhancement right now, and which I, I talked about in the pre-opening, the little amble thing, that it, it just... So the buffs and changes and fixes and improvements we had were a lot, numerically. But in all of our years on enhancement, and then we get to the Tomb of Soak Garrus... And different roster changes can happen at the end of a tier. But the fact that to actually progress properly and not be a hindrance to your group, like Word Up is playing Rogue for Avatar and Kill Jaden. Rusa's playing Hunter for Avatar and Kill Jaden. I will probably need to play Havoc for Avatar and Kill Jaden. So why is that a thing? And what we can't do anything about it. So Word, what is what is your rant side of this? Go for it. I don't think it's just us on this one. Like, this isn't like, uh, oh, woe is me. I'm enhancement. I have to re-roll. Sure. This is like, um, I'm not a rogue. I have to re-roll, which is kind of a bit like the only ones that are really comfortably not in that camp exactly is maybe arms. And that's just because they were doing pretty obscene damage at the time. They've since been torn down a bit. So, I mean, it's questionable, but it's just that the way that the tail end of Tomb is structured, uh, rogues are just... It doesn't matter how much damage they're doing, what the gap is, they just trivialize way more stuff that means that you can 
have an easier time on the fight. And that's that's because our damage is really good. We can compete. We could do really well on Avatar, um, damage wise. But the question is, can we live? And can we live whilst making it easier for everyone else in the raid to live? And the answer to that is like a resounding no. We absolutely can't, especially not to the level of a rogue. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, we just don't bring anything but pure damage. Um, I mean, I'm confident that any of us could, uh, you know, come into Avatar uh, on our shamans and and you know be probably top boss damage. We would we would crush it. But you know, you don't do anything for the raid, and it's, you know, Avatar's been nerfed to the point, well, some say nerfed, some say fixed, mm -hmm. uh, whichever you choose, to the point now where the damage check isn't as severe. There are guilds now that are pushing the boss to, like, almost 20%, um, uh, and some, pat, like, past 20%, and having to kill off the maiden early, uh, intentionally, um, that the damage check just isn't as relevant in Avatar right now. So it's the point where you end up doing more raid DPS, like as a raid, by by saving everyone else a lot of grief by being able to deal with mechanics. And that's exactly what rogues and unholy DKs uh, and uh, holy paladins, uh, demon hunters to a lesser extent, that's what all these classes, melee classes can do. So, I mean, maybe there's like one you know, slot that you could swap an enhancement in for maybe like maybe a maybe a warrior. Like there's like one, maybe two selfish melee DPS slots you could put in. But why do that when we have other players in my raid roster that can both do good boss damage and fill that raid utility role? So I basically just look at the option, you know, I could be stubborn and stay on my shaman instead of the bench, or I could you know, contribute and play my hunter. So it's, it's just, we just don't bring enough outside of boss damage. And it's, and it's just, a fight where it doesn't matter as much. That's right. just the thing with those last two fights that there's, with all the other bosses in, in Tomb, you can outplay the way that the mechanics work and you can take less damage or you can structure your raid so it's not that bad. But with those last two, you can't really outplay the sheer amount of things that keep coming um, on a shaman. Like on a rogue, I can press faint and I can stand still in chaos. I can press faint and I can soak a touch. I am virtually immortal, whereas on my shaman, I'm, I'm extremely fragile and I can't really do anything to uh, to mitigate that. I, I haven't got anything really to do. So I just yeah. would flop over. And I, I, I'll bring this up. And we have two things we could show for visual aids to support this issue. And Whereas we're not trying to like bring up and just whine in our regard, right, for enhancement, but there are some really incredibly dire things with the defensive style and how Blizzard wants to make these raids harder and make them challenging and, and bring in diverse, I would say diverse with air quotes, because in Tomb of Sargeras, seven of nine bosses have soak mechanics, not very diverse, but um, look at, so we made a document. Well, I didn't make a document. This is Rusa and the other Shambros mostly put this all together. We had some discussion about it, trying to figure out like what we should include. But this is just a rough little Google document that shows a difference in defensives that many of the main currently played specs have. And there is a sheer difference in a very particular column versus everything else. <laughs> Whereas... This and shaman is for all three shaman specs. All we have. Yes, no. Rest, Resto has a few passive things. They, that they do. Can rely on. But realistically. Yeah. Yeah. 
there there are a couple things missing from this list. This is this is not meant to track like every single defensive sure, option, sure, sure. no matter how small. Uh, and there's a little note down there that you know every hybrid has you know on GC targeted heels, so that's in there. Um, this is mainly just to show like the the bulk of class like raid defensive you like utilization abilities it's like mm -hmm. the proactive tools that you have to survive right and yeah. we we have a distinct lack of them now which is really it's really stark for us because we used to have a lot in the past like in mists we had i actually can't even remember we had like six or seven different ways to just flat reduce the amount of damage we take mm -hmm. whereas now we have one um which yep. is really really odd because we used to have things we just like just press them because I might take some damage and we just we'll throw it out there that'd be great and now we're like having to really carefully plan when we use our one single button that might stop us from dying yeah and and that doesn't prevent you from uh you know getting another like sisters is a great example it's totally possible to get like three things in a row on sisters like 45 seconds apart you know you Say say you use it expertly on the first one, you save mm -hmm. your life, you take like very minimal damage. Forty five seconds later, you got nothing but running around and spamming healing surge and hoping to God that you have enough maelstrom. Yeah, B Bink in chat brings up the fact too, and this is mostly for our elemental brothers and sisters and ourselves. The fact that our artifact defensive traits are all like auto heal yourself or make healing better, that that that's not a defensive. Yeah, like the the big problem is that our artifact traits and part of our defense is reactive healing tools and that's great for dungeons or open world or like lower end raids but the higher you go the more proactive defense is useful because something that's going to kill you is only going to not kill you if you have something to reduce the amount that it deals and healing does nothing when you're dead on floor which you will be for a lot of things yep. um I mean, I guess on the one sense, though, it's it's a good thing that now, after the patch, the only thing that we have a major qualm with is our defense. Because um, a, a lot of other classes are unhappy about where their damage sits. But it's funny that we're completely happy with where our damage sits and we'd like to be able to use it. We just can't because of our kit and the raids. Because we'll die. Yeah, there's just no compelling reason to bring us other than pure damage. And, and on fights where that's useful, it's great. But as you can see, the fights where it's not, it's, you know, there's just... And the a little, other, uh, little bit of a bad spot. So the other argument to bring up to, to compound to this, so this is why, again, this is not, and you know, discords or chat or YouTube comments are like, oh, they're just salty whiners. This is like a fundamental problem that Blizzard has developed in reverse that they haven't been able to fix yet. In the 7.3 posts that Roos has compiled with everyone else, there's a list of things we've lost since MOP. So we've lost Shamanistic Rage. We've lost our tier our tier 15 defensives. So Stone Bulwark Totem, Astral Shift being a talent or nature's guidance. We've lost Primal Earth Elemental. We've lost the Lightning Shield Glyph. We've lost the Spirit uh, Healing, the Feral Spirit Healing. We've lost the Flame Shock Healing. All we've gained is Astral Shift and the Elemental Healing Artifact Trait. We we've also lost the uh, Healing Stream Glyph. Well, yeah, which well, was also I, technically also raid utility because that was doing yeah. it to other people as well. Well, that's yeah, the, it just randomly hits hit a bunch of people, give them a mm -hmm. nice dr. Well, no, that's the next step. We lost the raid utility skills we've removed since MOP. We lost Stormlash Totem, which is just damage. We lost Grounding and Tremor. We've lost Healing Stream Totem with the Glyph that gives you the the when it heals you, you get that six seconds of elemental damage reduction. Healing Tide Totem, Ancestral Guidance, 
and Healing Rain. We converted to Rainfall Talent now, but it competes with Mobility instead of competing with Defensives. And then we gained Windrush Totem, which is a crappier form of Guardian Druid Roar. Or even it's still good. It's still good. It's still, still good and still useful, which is something that a lot of people try to not admit. But, but, but I really like it. No, it, it's fine, but we've gained one raid That's, sprint yeah. for all of this that we've lost. Like, yeah, it's that, not a fair trade. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I just traded you 12 rare Pokemon cards for one. That's totally okay. I'll take I mean, the, the one. The ultimate... The ultimate problem is, I think this was in the podcast last night, but the, the real problem is that there's no talent options and there's no extra ways of us to get the defense. There's there's no choice for more. So if you feel like I need to survive more on this fight, well, that sucks because your option is to get a different type of movement tool on this tree. And mm -hmm. that's it. And a lot of other classes, they've got an option where they feel like, I'm, I'm going to die, I need to not die. I will take this thing that will make me not die, and I've made the right choice. And we don't get that, which is really odd, I think, to me. When we've got a tier of talents that are all CC in varying forms of the same, um, that's uh, odd. It is. It's very strange, because our, our totem tier is a lot of very similar stuff. It's a AoE sheep, or AoE root and a slow, or an AoE stun. Like, they have different resources and choices, sure, but then our only quote-unquote defensives, Rainfall, if you can call it that, it's been buffed three times, and it's not awful terrible, but it's not great, competes with raid movement and personal movement. There's no defensive here. There's no... And you can look in so many other talent tiers, and we did this last night looking at the BTS podcast, and there's like two other specs out of 36 in the game that join us in this, like, no option. And that's just not... I don't... I don't get that. It's just like a, a the, the thing, the thing with rainfall is, you know, the, we actually have. There's a fight right now where rainfall should be good. Mm. Desolate host, if you're downstairs when the soul queen is doing her, uh, what is it, the wailing souls? Yeah. You know, the whole raid's taking consistent damage. People aren't topped up. Rainfall should do a lot of healing. That should be a great example where we have raid utility. But you know, I tried it out for a couple pulls in progression, and it was it was okay. It was doing like. You know, 25, maybe 30 million healing if I kept it down for the entire duration of each uh, wailing phase. But even then, it was just not noticeable. Like, our, our healers didn't really seem to care. You know, it, it just it didn't seem to really help. I mean, it's better than nothing. But it just... it, it My time spent on those GCDs would have been better just hitting the boss. Right. And uh, it's like a talent that I feel needs to be substantially buffed to be like burst healing because mm -hmm. you compare it to a couple other specs like elemental has ag still which is world superior uh shadow priests have ve which is really powerful it's like rainfall as a talent should be powerful in what it does it's just not nope like like that's that's a great opportunity for that to be a good utility like raid utility and it's uh there's just there's just so much missing from those two talent tiers that I mean, the, the totem talent here that we have now, I mean, if you remember a lot of the feedback of the old totem talent here in Mop and Wad, that was one of the crowning talent tiers that everyone said, why does this exist? Because like some of them are just useless, and most people don't even really care which one they have. It's just like a tier of dead talents. And 
it was exchanged out for the current totem talent tier, which is, in fact, the exact same situation where you take lightning search totem and you never really take the others unless you want to do something cute. And most of the time, it's just not important or, like, noticeable. And so you traded useless for useless. It's not really a good thing. Nope. Well, now we have the... Yeah, now we have the, the AG counter-argument. You know, is AG powerful? I mean, Rafflecopter. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd rather take AG in situations where you can actually AoE and cleave to buff up its actual output to do something versus taking a wet puddle on the ground that actually does nothing. Like, the best use of he of um, of Healing Rain is the Brawler's Guild, sort of. They're just, they're I mean, just it was good really... That was the last time that, I, that it was it yeah. was relevant, and that was because you were under healing and everyone was taking constant damage, so Maybe. it was always getting value. And, and, and you even had then, free it wasn't GCDs that to good. cast it too. Like you had free no. GCs to cast it while the bridge was smashing, so you could just drop it down with zero penalty. And feral lunge wasn't going to do you much good. Maybe wind rush if people are slow moving on bridges, but I mean. Yeah, it's that just, takes I, a lot. Like, I, I, I think get it to be good. I, I think they're just really scared of buffing it to a point where we go back to Throne of Thunder, where enhancement healing was absolutely absurd. And it was really fun. Like I, that was that was super fun to do. But uh, yeah, I think they're I think they're just really worried about that level of utility and strength. It's because the, the the thing I wanted to end cap this too, and we have a flip side in the notes, right? Where the the biggest top point here which Enhancement is now really good at, is, of course, strong boss damage. Like, we funnel AoE and cleave into boss damage. One of the few classes that can do that. Next to, like, a sub-rogues now, because they basically stole our, our niche. But, like, we have fights that we dominate boss damage. We have things we can really do and finagle, like if you abuse Sefus on, like, Mistress or Desolate Host right now, which I wouldn't say abuse, it's using it properly. Where we have these huge spikes... To do great boss damage, and if that's our if that's our new thing, barely any utility, a little movement speed, a little healing, maybe that's great. But then again, our boss damage is still not as good as classes that live forever on holy DKs. Like they just shouldn't die if they move properly, because they have so much more than us in the kit. So they're just that's just, that's the one thing I bring up that makes me just laugh. Because we have great boss damage now, but there's still classes that are better. So what's the well, point? We did ask in the feedback, like, for them to be more clear, what do they want us to do? Because we have yeah. pretty middling AoE. Uh, we did have a little bit of the cleave into single target thing, and that was that was definitely relevant, but it's, it's way better now. Our AoE mm -hmm. isn't dreadful, but it's not good. It's just, it's the, especially with the new tier, which is coming later, I think. Uh, that is is a really good thing. It's been really healthy. But the, the boss damage we do now is at least you notice. Like, you, you know that Enhancement is supposed to do good boss damage, and they do good boss damage uh, most of the time. And on Mistress and Host, I feel like we are really, really good at doing that. Specifically, that those are two fights that really worked for us. Um, we're not as good as sub, but that's because sub is absurd on Mistress, and that's just sort of the short and long of it. But we've done well from those changes. Our damage is in a good place, which is usually the first thing that people think is the only thing to care about. But our damage is good. If we were more survivable or we brought some more things, we'd totally be a more viable like buzzword spec yeah. for everyone. 
it's just that one little step that's missing. Yeah, exactly. That thing. I was tired of talking chat. Holy, it's called a holy endurance. Yeah, whatever. So, oh, that's like the little bit of, of back and forth, positive, negative, I suppose, where we've come from now. I, I would... There's there's way more positives than negatives. It's just that it's a lot of it comes down to the raid design being around personal survivability and you handling a mechanic. And if you can't handle a mechanic, then you can't bring you. And that's it's a it's a really real truth with these last two encounters. And it just sucks. It just stings for all the enhancement players out there that you know I, I I'm gonna be at Kimitha Kill Jaden you know a number of weeks from now. So it's probably gonna be nerfed again by then. I might not have to play Havoc, but I probably should anyway. Because it'll still be better. Also have better defensives, mobility, and nether walk. I can't do any of that on my... Oh, there we go. Oh. So, you're back. I don't know. So, I guess, <laughs> expounding upon all of that real quick to end cap before we move on. Russo, what would you like to see adjusted for enhancement? Either now or looking to the 8.0. Like, what sort of, like, little things would you like to see fixed, changed, added... Little things, um, I you know I say a little thing, but it's a big thing. Um, just what do they want our AOE to be? Do they want it to be this just passive cleave that tunnels into single target? Uh, if that's what they want it to be, great. But um, you know then the, the the resulting single target needs to reflect that. Um, you know they've been slowly in buffing and increasing crash lightning. Uh, this expansion, and, and it feels like they're just afraid of getting it into a, a too unwieldy of a place. It, it just feels like it's a, a, a... feels like there's one thing missing to it. Crash Lightning by itself is great. It's a fun ability. We would like it to be a little more consistent and uh, consistent and a little easier to target, but, you know, it, it works well with the kit. It's good at fueling more uh, Storm Strikes. It's good at proccing, uh, you know, Wind Fury, Maelstrom Generation, procs all your weapon, uh, weapon imbues. It's a great ability. Um, it's a great design. It's just there's just that one thing missing. And, and T twenty four piece does a great job of like fulfilling that one piece. Um, but when we lose the tier, we're gonna go back to just like being lame, piddly DPS. And so, so it, just, it it feels like there needs to be a replacement there. Um, mm, okay. Something needs to be adjusted. Um, so other than that, the obvious shout out for just please fix our defensives. <laughs> yeah. Word up, what do you think? What what would you like to see adjusted either now or or looking forward to 8.0? Um, I think that the AoE talent tier could use some love to be like the missing link between us and being able to do proper AoE um when we want to. Because there's a lot of specs that can do good cleave and they can do good single target. But they can also switch that off and do AoE as well, but we can never really step into that sphere. And if that's not what they want, then I think that AoE tier needs to be a bit more um, clear that they don't have any intention of it being a full-fledged big AoE impact tier. Um, I'd also really like them to to do exactly what they did with the tier 19 set bonus and maybe look at the one we have now as a way of getting rid of Crashing Storm, which I think is really cumbersome and kind of boring. Um, maybe make that the way that that tree that's like a burst tool or that's like a way of making crash lightning a bit more interesting instead of like another rotational buff to maintain. Mm. But that's like down the line as to whether or not they could actually um, take the risk on that again. But I, I like the set bonus now enough that I would like it to be part of the kit. Right. Yeah. It kind of... sounds like we kind of have the same sort of ideas of what, uh, what really needs to be looked at. 
Yeah, I, shoring up AoE, and we're not talking about this in the broad spec of just like to do the best AoE damage in the game. It's always going to be a hierarchy of, of what specs and classes do better AoE, but it's been a weird sticking point for Enhancement for a long time, and the only time we ever really felt like it was crazy was ridiculously high 12 plus target multi flame shock spread stupid fire nova which was so which got nerfed right because it was good instantly nerfed so yeah i have to be like really careful that <laughs> yeah i don't exactly. want them to make our aoe really good because it was a problem in wad where like yeah. we we our single target was hampered by us being able to like mm -hmm. go into a boss and suddenly everyone else is completely worthless we do all the aoe on our own and everyone else can just hit the boss um i don't want that i want us to be yeah. like just like so it's at least relevant but not like the the go-to amazing aoe spec because i'd like us being a single target spec with a bit of cleave i think that it's something something that's quite enjoyable and i don't feel like i'm being intentionally hampered by parts of the kit and i think that's that's where we are now is good there's just a little bit again at the tail end that needs fixing but they've got us in a good place ish with the damage kit so how about bugs or some awkward tomfoolery that needs to be up brought up that makes sure that it's known we know of like the one major one so i don't know who wants to take that one but i don't know is there anything else i don't think there's anything else that really feels bugged or awkward with the spec uh Russo, you put them in your post recently right so like, what what are the what the, are the the only big one with bugs um i don't know if that was when you re when you were referencing is with ascendance yeah it's very small and it doesn't happen all the time. But if you macro a huge when it happens, though, mm. yeah, when it happens, it is. If you macro storm strike or with ascendance, or you hit storm strike as your gloves proc, um, it fires the cooldown for a full storm strike, but it changes it to wind strike, so it can't be reset by Stormbringer yep. uh, because of whatever internal thing. So you sit out a full storm strike cooldown inside ascendance, which is is really unpleasant. It's it's the worst feeling I think you can get, but it's really really not common. It's just when it does happen, you really really notice it. I've noticed that uh, I think it I think it has a higher occurrence when you have a much higher ping to the server. Um, you know, I, hmm. I I think I've run into that particular uh, bug like once or twice so far this is this entire tier, and that's with having the gloves the whole time. Um, but there was uh, very early on in our Mythic progress, we hit like some really laggy instance servers when we were starting Mythic. Uh, we were getting like three, four hundred pings, like two second input lags, and uh, and in that that one, I think I got it three times in a row. Um, so I, I think it uh, I, I think it has something to do with uh, like Ward was saying, like activating Stormstrike, like the same server frame or frame after that uh, ascendance procs and it, it, de it definitely feels like it's less often than it was on PTR. Cause there was a time on PTR it happened like every Oh, it, you could, you could like intentionally trigger mm. it on the PTR. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anytime you want. Yeah. yeah. That was bad. But the, the only fun. reason that bug's so bad is because it affects your cooldown and no one wants to like press your cooldown. That's supposed to be the moment where you do load of damage and it'd be bad. Cause I mean, I can like if you look back at say Firelands when we were still using Fire Elemental, it really sucked when you pressed mm. Fire Elemental and it just stood there and did nothing because, I like I don't know, it didn't really want to hit the other big fire guy. It just stood there and got lost, and that's yeah. not fun. That that kills that. the really big burst part. Yeah, he would just stand there and you get to like reapply your flame shock or your storm strike for him to activate. So you lose you know five six seconds or whatever depending on how where you're whatever. 
It's very true. It happens. It definitely happens. But I don't think there's anything else crazy. So just that. Because that's the same. It's like if you metamorphosed on Havoc and you hit Chaos Strike and then you metamorphose and then you go in and Annihilation's on cooldown. You're just like, what? What's this? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think we, we've got a lot less bugs than we had now. I mean, yeah. you could probably write a whole page of bugs that Enhancement had. Uh, I probably did. Uh, uh, with Most with Ascendant specifically. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the, we're, we're, we're relatively more, um, I, I dare say, fixed now. Yeah, I, I hope so. I think the last little bit of this before we, we move on all the way is a little nod to the Mage Tower. I did this forever ago. So I, I, I did a f four wipes. Fifth one, got the kill on Sigrid in Halls of Valor. The, uh, the God Queen's Fury made a little like pseudo guide slash wipe compendium little video on the channel. But I don't know what you guys did when you did this. Do you remember hearkening back to to uh, the, the Mage Tower challenge and how did it go for you? Where, what'd you do? Did you dunk it in um, one? Probably one pull. Yeah, I, I, I did it in one. Um, but that I think that one is because of that challenge. I think that challenge is really easy. Mm. I don't think that's because um, Enhancement is particularly strong on it or I was like playing crazy good. I did it in one on enhancement. I did it in one on assassination. I think it took me like three as ret. It was just not, it's not very, because there's no damage check on it, you can just mm. completely focus on not dying and you can take rainfall and you can heal yourself a lot. You can use the legs and you can just really like abuse it out to just not die and there's nothing too lethal on it. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't think it was the most fun challenge because I've done... I think I've done about 20 of them now, and sure. some of them are really fun. Like, you get really, I really enjoyed doing them. Ours was sort of like, oh, well, that, was, that, was, that wasn't that great. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, what do you think, Risa? Yeah, yeah I, took, I took like two or three pulls. The biggest thing that caught me up was uh, the, the Valkyries that come from that right hallway, the, I guess the eastern hallway. For whatever reason, the, the, the angle that they charge at is so deceptive. Um, I don't know if that's still a thing, but I, I remember sitting there, like, standing, like, in between the lines saying, oh, there's no way I'm getting hit. And then I get nailed, like, a full Valkyrie over. So that took a light, slight adjustment. But but I agree. Like, overall, it was relatively easy. We had good tools to deal with it. Um, you know, I just I just kept her hexed for, like, 80% of the time and then yep. just killed the ads. It was, it was easy. Um, the Eye of Eternity one I thought was really fun, um, especially since, you know, I agree with Word that, you know, a lot of the other ones were a lot more fun. I like the Eye of Eternity one because most classes that complete it have a significantly different strategy for doing so. Um, and, and, and the Sigrun one, everyone does it the same way. You CC Sigrun, you blow up the ads. Yep. Uh, there's just, there's no, there's no flexibility. Like, it's, you just kill it. That, that's it. And the other ones were cool because they were kind of tailored around each class's mechanics, and you could do interesting. Well, things. survival hunters would argue <laughs> that one. I did it. I did Eye of Eternity as survival first. Oh, and they had every utility pot. Like it was, there was nothing prohibiting a survival hunter from killing it. Um, yeah, the they, survival they could deal one, with like, everything. You it was had definitely them. They were just not obvious. Two. Yeah. They weren't as obvious as to how you did it, but you could easily oh, do it. Okay. I've done the survival one since. Um, it's a bit easier now. but That one was challenging. I think I did it like uh, item level like 895, 897, something oh, like gosh. that. Wow. It was a long fight, um, but uh, it was challenging. It was fun. It was, it was cool. 
I think the one thing I keep bringing up on the show when we give it a little nod to the Mage Tower is that it's a really neat addition to the game. Kind of like the Chromie scenario, right? Those kind of things. But I wish it would have a little more. Like, you could... Like, why can't we just go as enhancement and try the other challenges as enhancement? Just for fun. We can't queue up for any of the other DPS challenges in any other spec. And once you do it once, it's gone forever. Which is really kind of a lackluster thing to put all that time into those scenarios. And then you just do it once on that one spec and that's it. So I kind of wish they would open that up a little bit more just to go do them for fun. No achievements, no nothing, just just, just for doing it. That'd be neat. Because I would love to see that's, if we could do the other DPS challenges as enhancement. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's true. They, they, they did that for the Proving Grounds. You could go in and you even got achievements for doing them as true. like the tank one as a DPS or the healing one yeah. as a, you know, vice versa. Um, yeah, so I, I think that that's uh, something I think Blizzard could bring back and let us repeat. Yep, that would be. But anything else from the first section before we move us on? We got, we've got some uh, nitty-gritty stuff on the horizon here, so I want to get to those. Good? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much everything for, uh, for the first section. Sounds yeah, good to me. Alright, well I'm going to move us along here and plug a few things that you may or may not have heard about and to do some little side announcement bits just to make sure you're all on the same page depending on when you tune into the show if you've missed part of the opening. We only have one more major show coming up soon. We have the Brewmaster Monk Show. They're kind of end capping all the, the tanking shenanigans and of course one of the strongest tanks you know, back and forth between them and Guardians. So that's next week. Details on the guests coming up on that one. Then there'll be a bit of a break from the show for a while. There'll still be live streams and other things coming out on YouTube and whatnot. That's totally going to happen. But um, <clears throat> taking a small break from the live show to work on a whole bunch of things in the back end. Website stuff. I have a manager now working on a whole bunch of different like ways to build the show and like how they should be going. All the shows in the future, though, will be individual specs. So all the, the pure DPS specs have been asking for this for a long time. Like, where can I get my Assassination Rogue show or my Marksman Hunter Rogue, you know, Marksman Hunter show, you know, my 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 Frost Mage show, all individual. So those will happening right after BlizzCon. There'll be a pre-BlizzCon special and a post-BlizzCon special, you know, as is tradition. So it'll probably be preaching novel for post, not confirmed yet. Then we'll have some two or three guests on for the pre-one. But uh, that is going to be happening. So stick around for those, of course. You can hit up Twitter or, of course, uh, YouTube if you've missed any of the past shows. And a big shout-out, of course, everyone supporting the show directly on Patreon. And, of course, Truffles, Ludovicus, Tazlin, R4, Dalthier, Quen, Virez, and a little side nod to Poke, all the assistant producers on the show. If you want more podcasts, those exist. Uh, we make BTS podcasts. These are sort of the uh, the mean greets that we do. Unscripted, rambling, rant, bant, nonsense. There are 23 of them so far. And if you never checked out any of the BTS podcasts before, just because of whatever reason, these are all now about half and half. So the first 12 are now for just patrons only. So you can just toss the show a dollar if you'd like. And you can get access to the first 12 BTS podcast that go all the way back to how do they go back to the Hunter show? Yeah, there we go. And then as time rolls forward, I will be uh, downgrading, I guess, or or deflagging at the uh, the five dollar tier and putting more of them at the one dollar or whatever tier, so you can check those out more. But of course, if you want all of them as they come out, then that is listed there too. There's the show notes that go up there, upcoming art and work and stuff like that. That's on there. There's a whole bunch. You can always check this out in the tags on the side. But that is something that you guys can can look at and listen to. 
And additionally, of course, all the shows are on YouTube. And if you want to listen to the i the um, MP3 only versions, you can check out iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Just search for Final Boss TV. You hook that into your audio device, your Kindle, your iPad, your phone, whatever. And the RSS feed is available too. It's a it's a weird string of code stuff, and that's one of the things in the future we'll be working on better is sort of making that a little more accessible. But if you want to listen to the audio-only versions, those are available as well. And outside of that, if you want to support the show in a more physical manner, this is going to be going through a whole lot of updates very soon. A whole bunch of new designs are on the horizon. We just launched the our nod to Methods World First Kill Jaden. These new designs are just cool designs. They're a little bit of tie, a little bit of nod to them. They don't have like the chibis anymore like we used to have. This is an old design. This is getting phased out. The old school Final Boss TV medallion, this is being removed very soon. We have a whole bunch of new ones coming, so if you want a piece of history, this is the original design. This one is leaving very shortly. All of the Fabelina little uh, little Final Bosses, of course, staying. Those aren't going anywhere, but a whole bunch of new things on the horizon. I think Tutron and I have somewhere in the ballpark of like half a dozen or more new designs on the way. So if you want to grab a little bit of merch, support the show, keep it going, that is also one way you can do it as well. But that is enough out of me. Let's uh, let's unmute and let's dive into. Oh man! So we're gonna walk through a little bit of the tiers, legendaries, talents, and some soapbox. Hopefully, you've worked on your soapbox from last night, Rusa. You have the. Uh... <laughs> uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> you bought a new one. Oh, you bought. A... That's fair. I oh, will go with that. Yeah, that was that was a funny moment in the uh, moment, a funny moment moment in the BTS podcast, where we're just like, all right, do some end cap closing for me. Marissa was like, um, what? But <laughs> well, you should have let word go first. Remember, I'm the ah. first. yeah. So you see, I could have faked yeah, it if I knew what was going on. True. Yeah. So let's do a truly quick... unscripted. We have some some glancy stuff here because obviously this kind of stuff can be read either on icy veins or the Wowhead Guide, both curated by Word Up. But um, priority on secondary stats has changed somewhat, and there's some back and forth about like what to aim for, and people are like, how much of this do I need, or feel-good points, or this is new findings. And WordUp and I talked about this in the 725 video, but to drive it in again, WordUp, what's the hierarchy of stats, and also why? It's, uh, it's changed a little bit since really early on, because um, now it's pretty firmly haste is usually the top and then it's mastery then create and verse they like those two sort of like flip-flop at the bottom as well but there's not really like it's not like the terrible um haste is just it's got better and better with the more effects that are getting affected by haste as we've moved on in the expansion alongside it just always being a pretty good stat for us mastery being a little bit less required now that there's a lot more sources of getting stormbringer which haste in turn, helps a lot more with than it did. Uh, there's some breakpointy stuff that Arusa can talk about. Um, yep. I don't. I think a lot of people have got really, really honed in on these being like absolutely mandatory, which is what always happens when someone uses the word breakpoint. But they're kind of just like peaks in the stat distribution that make it look really good, and then after that, it's. But it's not the end of the world if you can't get them. Yeah, Rusa, talk about the mathy stuff that we figured out 
Yeah, so Ryeth likes to refer to the... He's coined the phrase reverse cliffs, and um, I actually really like that. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so basically what happens is there's a certain point... There, there's a couple points where um, we get extra GCDs, you know, extra ability activations inside of some of our temporary buffs. Uh, a good example is Unleash Doom. At 25% haste, plus a small amount depending on your server latency, because that makes a big difference... Um, usually around 26%, you are able to get another ability activated inside of that uh, Unleashed Doom window. Um, and so there's a slight bump in haste value as you approach that because the DPS, like if you're looking at like SimCraft and you look at stat weights or a, a refor or like a, um, a scaling plot, you'll see it goes up and then there's like a nice bump and then it keeps going up. Um, the reason for that is once you hit that point, you get that free like, 10, 15, whatever your sim value boost is, but haste still maintains its previous value before that point. It's just free DPS. So a lot of people, you know, read this and think, breakpoint, oh, it, it drops off, I need to go for other stats after that. It's not the case. What made haste good before that point is still good afterwards. Uh, it just speeds up our rotation, especially with the Stormbringer design, like Word was saying. It's just you know, haste is just even more opportunities to uh, proc your Stormbringer. So there's 25% for Unleashed Doom. Um, there's another Ascendance point inside of that. 35%, so right around 36%. Again, remember, add anywhere from half to a full percent, depending on your server latency, mm -hmm. is where you get another really nice point uh, with uh, the Ascendance Gloves. Um, the big one that everyone's chasing right now is 50%. Everything lines up at 50%. Um, you get another, you get like from 0 to 50, you get two extra abilities inside Unleashed Doom. You get two extra abilities inside of Doom Wins. You get uh, two extra guaranteed wind strikes inside of, inside of your regular Ascendance. Uh, actually, I think it's three for the full 15 second Ascendance. The Ascendance Prox is another two. Um, so it's just 50% is that point where everything lines up and it's just incredibly valuable um so a lot of people are chasing that but that's not to say that 50 percent is like the make or break like i'm running like 39 percent right now um because i sacrificed too much to hit that point and mastery is still a good stat up until that so what we've just been telling everyone is if you have the gear and you can happen to hit that point great go for it but uh you know if if you didn't, you like you don't have to sacrifice everything to get there. It's it's something that we're just going to run into eventually. Right. So. Yeah, that's that's the important bit. There's there's a few people who've seen it and they've took it as like I'm gonna I'm gonna use all of these like these crazy items, these items that are not very good that I've picked up from Mythic Plus, but it has haste on. I'm gonna use my Cradle of Anguish in progress from from Tomb, which despite the fact that half the time it's dropping off because I'm getting hit by Hydra shots, it gets me to fifty percent, and I really need that, which is it's it's not going to fix your damage getting to 50%. You're still going to do really good damage without it if you have gear on that's good anyway. It's not like uh it's not like you apply that and suddenly you do 10% more. It's like a bump. It's like an extra 1 to 2%. Maybe like at a push in certain fights you get like you might eke out 5% at the right time, but it's not something that is going to make or break you, especially if you have to use weird gear to do it. Especially as well when you're sacrificing a lot of mastery. Mastery is really good in AoE at the moment. And there's a lot of AoE and there's a lot of cleaving in Tomb. And if you start dumping 20-30% mastery to get to that haste, you're hitting 
yourself pretty hard in other places that you might not be happy with later on. Yep. The, the key thing to remember, though, is that what makes haste good before and after those points is unaffected by hitting them. Um, it's just free damage, and that's what I think people are unused to. Um, it, it's totally irrelevant as to why haste is a good stat for us. Just good. Just get it. I know yeah. earlier in the expansion, yeah. all I said was people was just stack mastery and haste. Now it's just well, and, stack haste and a and big mastery. reason for that, you know, at the beginning of the expansion, uh, spontaneous appendages was essentially acting as a mastery multiplier for us. Yeah, that's true. So that's that's really the big reason why everyone was dumping haste and just going hard on mastery. And you know, they kind of fixed that, and things have leveled off and become a little more natural through the expansion. Right. Crit and Verse get the shoutouts as just flat damage mods. They don't really interact with our kit anyway. No, nope. But they aren't dreadful to the point where if it's no. got that on it, you can't use it. It's not like we've got the same situation as Haste with Rogues, where mm. if it's got Haste on, then like the item might as well not exist. Or Haste for um, Feral Druids. Yeah, but it's Mastery still like, oh, I've got some Crit, I've got some Verse. It could be better, but it could also be worse. So I'll just use it anyway. Um, so... They aren't like miserable stats to have on. That's what people need to also appreciate. It's, it, it, I think people overthink the stat thing with us far too often. A lot of the time, the gear just is what you have, um, and you can use it. And item level tends to win out for us unless it's really specific combinations, and it's really that simple. So moving on to tiers now. I want to give like a passing nod to tier 19. Let's squelch this right now real quick. Keeping a strong two-piece tier 19 for single target is beneficial. But like I'm wearing it right now. People ask me on stream all the time. Why are you not wearing tier 20? Because I don't have the chest yet. We're seven weeks in. Maidens dropped like three prot chests. I, don't, I just don't have it. I've coined every single week. Nothing. So I can't wear tier 20. So I'm still wearing two-piece, two-piece, but that is only a beneficial thing if there's, like, an eye-level breakpoint on that. Like, mine's just 905, 910, which is, like, meh. But if you have, like, 920s, if you get lucky enough and you keep doing nine-hold mythic and you get good, then I guess you can hold them. But overall, there's no tier 19, tier 20 shenanigans, right, word? Like, there's no holding on to that? It's it's just a, it's a single target oriented bonus. It has a little bit of gain in AoE because you're getting a little bit more Stormbringers um, in mass AoE. It's it's just a pure single target thing. And a lot of the time, you're going to have a lot worse items for your tier 19. Yep. Uh, and especially, again, I always try and talk about it in the current tier. In Tomb, there is an overwhelming amount of cleave. In th There's only two bosses that are entirely single target in the whole place. And if that's the case, the two-piece loses out more and more to the new four-piece. Because the new four-piece is a cleave and AoE bonus. That's where its main gain is. Uh, so that's sort of, to me, I don't use the old tier bonuses um, because I don't have particularly high level ones, but I wouldn't go out of my way to use it either, even on those bosses because um, because of the item level gap. But that could be the smallest optimization if you really cared about it. Okay. I know it comes up now and then, and I have to ask on every single show, because Blizzard does this six-piece bonuses, and it's just kind of nonsensical. Everyone's always like, oh, should I be wearing this and this? But there so, is the one nod that you could make. Um, a, a Kanu and Eye of Twisting Nether builds are not significantly behind Smoldering Heart for single target. Uh, for most people, 
uh, it's probably going to be like around a 1% difference. Um, and there okay. are some people that have actually posted like that they have better Akainu setups than Smoldering Heart. And a lot of that just boils down to gear and stats and what you have available to you. Um, but if you're running Akainu, it does give you the opportunity to run four-piece, two-piece for free, essentially. Well, I mean, free. You're always making uh, an okay. opportunity cost somewhere. But it does give you the ability with no competing tier slots. Alternatively, you could also run... Um, you know, four piece uh, and a dungeon set. If you wanted to be silly, you could go two piece, two piece, two piece with a dungeon set as well. So th there, that is one thing that's worth mentioning is that the Akainu setup really does um, give a lot more flexibility and cr crossing tier tier bonuses. The one thing to touch on that though is that this is more like a, a personal thing, but um, Sims on everything when it comes to judging these legendaries, the, the gloves have a whole lot of hidden value in them. That whilst they they look like you'll get your sim output and it'll say you do 1.3 million and sure on average like that's how much you do if you hit a dummy for that much time but then you're doing goroth and they prop when you're running out and suddenly you've just gained millions of deep uh, of damage from that one proc that i kind of had no chance of giving you because you're hitting from out of range and that's that's like a little thing that you can always put in the back of your pocket with with smoldering heart and that's why i think those are like not equipping them in tomb is is a bad choice for sure, I totally agree. Uh, I've put on Smoldering Hearts since the day I got them. I haven't taken them off since. Same. Um, it's just worth noting that if balance changes with legendaries, if Smoldering Heart gets nerfed, if something that makes a, a Kanu strong gets buffed, then it is worth mentioning the uh, the the tier flexibility. Um, another unstated thing with Smoldering Heart that I think a lot of people uh, don't necessarily don't don't immediately understand is the incredible cleave value the sheer amount of storm strikes or wind strikes that you're able to pump out that prox crash lightning uh the cleave buff um they're really strong in just about every situation whereas the akanu is really just strong in single target so that's that's kind of another hidden value of it okay so mm -hmm. hello to tier 20 which will all be at least hopefully all of you will have before I do, uh, another reset on Tuesday. Here's hoping. But um, so the Regalia of the Skybreaker, basically a up-resed, very fancy uh, tier from Black Temple and into Hyjal from back in the day. Even though it's all fixed, the, the belt and boots aren't wrong. Or, what's that? Gold? What is that? So your our two-piece now is that Crash Lightning will give us 5% crit for 16 seconds, which is just kind of like a numbers <laughs> crank. It's okay, I guess. And then the four pieces that Storm Strike increases the initial damage of your next Crash Lightning by 35% per stack up to 15 stacks. So that's 525% more damage on the Crash Lightning AoE frontal hit. So where the math on this one, and chat's talking about, you know, single target fights and Gora's sister's maiden avatar and words talking about it in chat too. But they're... How often, because you guys both have this, I don't. How often does the functionality actually work that you actually stack up to that many? Are you actually doing that? Or is this kind of a rotational thing where you hit it every 10 or so seconds, though? It depends on the fight a lot of the time. Um, or your, your RNG. When you get a glove proc, that can, in some cases, that can rack you up to 15 before you even refresh for the, for the two-piece buff. But... Uh, a lot of the time, there is some gameplay around it where you can you've stacked it up and say say um, Hajitan is a simple example, like you've got ads coming in ten seconds and you've just the buffers just fell off. But if you hold it when all those ads stack, 
and then you crash, you're going to crash for like 3 million on all of those ads. That's more value than 10 seconds of the 5% crit buff, so it's worth saving. And that that's why I really like this bonus, is that it lets us do something that we otherwise could not do, which is burst AoE. And it's the only way that we can get it. And that's why this set bonus ended up being so much better than it was predicted, especially when they got rid of some of the real quirks in the original proc design. Um, but you'll get pretty frequent use out of the increase, I'd say, on most fights with Cleave. Okay. Most importantly, I'd say it's just a fun bonus to use. Um, you know, all expansion we've been lacking, like Word was saying, that burst DPS and being able to, you know, play around, stacking it up and then hitting it and watch your damage just fly up because, you, you know, you got that huge crit on like 15 targets. Uh, first boss and Ma is a great example. Uh, when all those ads spawn, DK grip, crash lightning, it's just fun to use. Um, it's, uh, it's really satisfying. Yeah, it's a good bonus, and as WordUp mentioned earlier in the show, it, it shores up this never-ending, I guess, nonsensical pitfall. I mean, not every spec can be or should be good at all of the different pillars of DPS in the game. Arguably, though, that's not the case. Look at Unholy DKs right now. I mean, really? So there there is a thing that there... I wonder if we're ever going to see that rolled into baseline because it is a mechanical and throughput, like little mini game to play and enhancements very much about mini games you know reacting to procs and keeping up certain uptimes and it's just how the spec is playing all of legion so i hopefully i'll get it and to be able to play it and see how fun it is because i don't know right now i made a weak aura that i added on to word ups weak auras to track the five percent crit buff but that's you know a marginal very small basically it works out to like five percent damage not a really big deal so yeah, that bonus is just... I think it's just good. I don't think we've had one that's that interesting to play with in a while. Mm -hmm. um, some fights, if you, you can actually have a real fundamental change in how you approach them. And I think that means that it's a real hit on the set bonus side. And the kind of thing that's like complex enough that it will be worthy as a talent or a class mechanic. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how our AoE, you know, Crash Lightning's a great ability, interacts with our kit well. There's just that you know, one thing missing to make it, like, that you could play around and make it powerful. And T20 does a great job, the four-piece does a great job of fulfilling that, and it's just, we definitely need something when it's gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when it's gone, a few months from now or whatever, you know, looking at tier 21 now, and this is just a little bit of future sight, looking at the 7.3 PTR, this is not fine-tuned yet. I think the set bonus has changed, like, two or three times as it is right now, so it could change again, as we currently look at it, however, though, looking at the garb of venerated spirits, our two pieces that casting Stormstrike has a 15% chance to increase the damage of our next Rockbiter by 100%, essentially hot hand for Rockbiter. <laughs> and our four piece is that Rockbiter by itself will cause the target to take 10% increased damage from Fire Frost and Nature from us, single target the next four and a half seconds and the big thing i'm going to throw this over to word up right off the bat is that it's a single target debuff that has no other effects why isn't it buffing us word up go oh it's like uh, this is the exact same problem that comes up all the time like it's why does why does this one have to be a debuff it's it's this this is one of the most half-baked sets of set bonuses i've seen us have 
personally. Like I, there are parts of it. The old, especially the old two piece, which was the four piece, was irredeemably bad in its original form. Um, oh, it was completely. It was. It was it, mechanically, it, fundamentally, it was dead on arrival. And uh, the this one now, I I was genuinely sure that it was a buff until I went on the PTR and they let us use it. When I realized it was a debuff, I I cannot see any reason for it to be that. Especially when we're going from the tier 20 bonus, which is an AoE-centric set, mm -hmm. to then come to the new raid um, and have it have all AoE interest rinsed. There's no AoE impact of either bonus whatsoever, even slightly. Um, there was a very slight bonus from the old four-piece, but it was still terrible anyway. Um, I don't get it. I don't get why that couldn't be a buff and at least affect Crash Lightning. Um, so, yeah. That, 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 I, I can't really say much good about it. This set bonus is not... It's not for me. Maybe other people like the idea of it. Uh, and like another proc is great, but it's clustering, the ro it's clustering the rotation a lot when it's already very cluttered. It's... It, it, it reads as it is now. It's basically a very short form flame tongue. Do we know if it does it pandemic? If you do two rock biters back to back, does it add time? It wasn't on the PTR. Oh gosh, that sounds so bad because it it it's gonna it it doesn't necessarily need to force, but it mathematically forces a play style where you need to hit a rock biter every four seconds. Every two globals ish, it's a rock biter. Which it's, does it's it, really it not work. too bad. It's it's actually it looks worse on paper than it actually is. Um, the bonus is implemented in PTR mode on SimCraft right now. Um, I think we're looking at without making a single uh, change to the APL that SimCraft uses, we're looking at like seventy-five to eighty-five percent uptime on it just naturally. Uh, so I don't think there's. And we've been playing around with some slight priority changes, trying to see if there are any rotational changes that need to be made. Um, and they're making we're we're making small progress. Uh, big shout out to Genji on uh, the Earth Shrine Discord. He's been doing some some good work on that lately. Uh, it's just uh, right now we're not seeing any real interactive gameplay around it. You just put it on, it's passive. You forget about it. the The biggest thing is it's just for the final tier bonus of the expansion. It just looks boring. It's it's it doesn't look fun. It looks you know. It it just doesn't fit anything other than hey let's make a rock biter set. Yep, like the two piece isn't terrible. That's just a proc we react to. It's the same thing we've been doing this whole expansion with reacting to either hot hand or how as of right works. now. Like the design of it's not terrible. As of right now, we're seeing that it needs to be buffed by like buffed from a hundred to like two hundred to three hundred percent to be viable yeah. in current numbers. So, but that's just tuning. We're we're totally yeah. fine with discussing tuning I'm, I'm confident blizzard will get it in a good place design wise it looks fine but just to be clear at 100 percent, it's definitely not strong enough not strong enough it, it's so numerically aside i just this will if purge ever listens to this or he's lurking in there somewhere this will give him a, a little bit of a grin the four piece because it's rotated around rock biter why doesn't that work like the old fist of stone from beta <laughs> He hates that talent. <laughs> but that's but Fist of Stone in this sense as a as a actual set bonus, just casting Rockbiter causes the shaman to deal ten percent increased fire frost nature damage for the next four and a half five seconds, whatever the number needs to be. 
So that means that it's a it's a personal buff. It empowers the shaman. It is just like another hailstorm, another landslide, another flame tongue, but we're used to that. So I guess if they're going to drive that in as like an amplifying modifier because of set bonus, it should be that. Because the debuff mechanic is just we're not debuffers. So so that's that's definitely what we're focusing on right now. Yeah. Is uh, the the four piece can be redeemed if it's just a buff on us instead of debuff on the target. Um, and that, that's that's really what we're focusing on at the moment. Okay. Because there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of awkwardness of this because it's, it's also like a mini Earthen Spike. So then the question that always comes up, like, well, then is Earthen Spike any better? What about Boulder Fist as a talent then? Then, like, do you, do you go back to, like, an Akainu build because you would put a hot hand with it? So then you're buffing your crazy lava lashes and your boulder fists and the boulder fist talent on top of it. Like all this, maybe this is numbers there, but that, those questions always start coming up when you see a mini buff like this. And I'm looking forward to figuring out answers to those questions. Um, I think that it's not really worth looking into those at the moment until what the tier bonus is and how it works settles. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely excited to to look into what kind of new combinations and potential is out there. Yeah, they're the kind of like minutiae that you do at the ends when you know that it's locked in. Um, I will say though, the one thing that really it disappoints me a bit about this spec, uh, these, these bonuses, is um, when you looked at the the tomb ones. To us, they looked really crazy when they came out. Like the the, the four piece, it looked really weird. Um, orig the original one was a little bit. Uh, difficult to trigger would be the words but like when you look to the bonus it seemed like it was a bit wacky that we were giving us like a really heavy aoe set but then when you actually do the raid it was really obvious it suited the design of the raid like the way that tomb works it's a really good bonus for tomb mm -hmm. um it wouldn't have been a great bonus for nighthold or emerald nightmare but it is a good bonus for tomb but this set is just too generically single target oriented for me to think I can really see what kind of encounters look like they're totally going to make use of those bonuses. Um, and again, the four-piece not being a buff is like a major downside to me. But we'll see. Maybe they can like redeem it with testing, which I'd hope so. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, the PTR is still just chugging away right now. We're getting new builds every week to, to two weeks right now. And we'll see. The 77-day rumored stuff is, you know, being put out there that we're going to get the patch so much earlier than we think, like end of the month kind of deal. But I, there's a lot of futter duh. And the tier sets can keep being worked on the whole time because we're not going to get the raid until after BlizzCon, most likely. So it's not a huge deal to worry about. So we'll wait and see. The, the tier 21's come a long way. Its first iteration a few weeks ago was laughable. So it's better now, but that all wrapped together all this goop i don't know which one of you wants to tackle sort of the hierarchies <laughs> of of build legendaries talents and how all of this sort of comes together and what is the what of the community like sort of like grasp onto for enhancement like how what, what are we wearing what are we what are we specking that kind of stuff do you want to we briefly we briefly touched on this in the uh before uh, the bts podcast last mm -hmm. night um you know everyone that's listening can take with a grain of salt that there are multiple setups that are viable. And within those, most of them are within one to 2% of each other. They're all viable. Um, you know, like a five to 10 K DPS difference in Emerald nightmare. is gigantic. A five to 10 K DPS now is, 
in, almost inconsequential. So, you know, anything that we bring up, anything that we talk about, like, you can, you can pretty much just play whatever is fun to you. You can play what looks the most appealing. We're in a good spot right now where we have a lot of viable choices. So um, I, I think that's worth bringing up and talking about is that a lot of stuff is good. Right. Yeah, the, the, the thing with the, with the legendaries that I always feel like this was in the, in the podcast, but one thing I always really feel like is a lot of people latch on to what is the best legendary. Like, if I don't have this legendary, then I've had terrible RNG and I'll mm. never do good damage. Yeah. Um, and they think that the only reason that people run legendaries who rank really well or are using them in raids or whatever is because they're fundamentally the best. I could tell you now if the gloves weren't the best, they were like half as good as they are, I'd still probably use them a lot of the time because they're just really fun. There's like they, they have a they have a wild card factor to them that they can just like pop off and do something really good on a fight. They're just a fun legendary. And sometimes like losing a little bit of damage for that is totally worth it. Like it just takes a little bit of experimenting with legendaries to feel out where they are. When you go into a fight, you should probably like play around with five or six different ones and see which ones land well for you. Because say when I did Mistress, I obviously went in and thought, well, the chest is obviously going to be great. We're going to get to get it up a lot of the time. Um, or maybe the ring, because I can't get it up as consistently. And then I thought, well, maybe Cephas, I can get a, get some interrupts. And I sat on that, and then Cephas was really good. It was really fun. It added an extra like mechanic to the fight. Added some movement speed for the, the high movement areas. But that's not something I would have ever come to if I just uh, just took what uh, what is the logical best in a situation and just put that on and never tried. I think the only shout-outs to legendaries that have been going over all of them is most likely just the boots and the belts. Just don't wear those. And then everything... Yeah. Well, and, then you're, the I mean, and then you're fine. Yeah, yeah. I, you, you, can can make, you can make use of most of the other ones. You, you can definitely group all the legendaries into, uh, you know, basically three categories. Like, totally worthless, situational... And good most of the time, and and really the boots and the uh, the belt are the only ones that sit solidly in that just don't use them category. Um, things like uh, you know most people dread getting the the KJ trinket. It, it's pretty good in AOE burst. Um, you know it's it's useful in Mythic Plus. It's if you have one, you can utilize. It. You can play around it. It's not you know it's not the end of the world if it's like the only one you have. Yeah, I've uh, I've used it on some bosses in progress and. Um, I've also used it on some bosses just in farm and ended up doing a lot of damage with it just because it's got so much stats on it and it is an extra tool and it's not something that we can do. It's burst AOE. I mean, it's not spectacular, but it's free. So you you need to just let go of the, the constant is it the hardline best and instead look at how can I make it really good when I'm playing yeah, as I said earlier in the show too, Word Up actually came by when I was working on Desolate Host a few weeks ago, Mythic, and um, I think it was a repeat kill at that point. But he made fun of me because I wasn't running Sefus, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, but like," and I didn't realize at the time that you were basically uh, nudging me, like master to student, to learn it on this fight because it's easier because it's way more beneficial on Mistress for pumping so much single target damage into that stupid Naga. So, 
that was a huge thing to learn. And little things like that could be uh, using Magnum Opus on Sisters of the Moon progression. That is a great Magnum Opus fight because mm. of the raw, dumb damage of that encounter. So, like, don't be being so pigeonholed and I get asked on stream, you know, like, do you just run gloves and twisting nether all the time? And mostly, but as WordUp said, gloves are fun and ring is consistent, but I could swap out to other things and not see a huge difference or play to the strength of others and live with Magnum Opus or game the, the haste windows on Sifu's on certain fights with interrupts. So just keep, the, the, keep that in mind. The thing is a lot of our legendaries, um, there, there's, there's very few hard, strong rules for, you know, you use this for this situation, this for that one, that for this one. Um, Cephas is a great example. Um, there are fights where, uh, it can be strong, like Desolate Host or Mistress, but even even with its on-paper strengths, you still have to consider what uh, you know your raid is doing, how the fight's going. Um, I tried Cephas for a, a little bit on Mistress, and it's just, depending on how your raid handles adds and handles stuns and such, it's it has... Com a lot of it just depends on how your raid interacts and how your raid right. executes fights. So, so even when we say Cephas is good on Mistress, it still depends. You know, in the biggest thing, and this is kind of what Word was saying in a, in the podcast last night, is you just have to try it. Sit down, put it on, do some pulls, see how it feels, see if you can get better at it, practice with it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to try it. We get a lot of questions, you know, here's my five legendaries, what should I use? Which have you tried? You know, what, what feels good? Right. Word up, you want to walk me through sort of the the El Clasico build right now, talent-wise? And then I'll sort of bring up some Devil's advocate things, if you'd like. Uh, talent-wise, i yeah. say pretty consistently you take Landslide, um, unless you're using Akainus, at which point you take Hot Hand. Uh, Landslide's just easy talent, hard to mess up. It's just there. Consistent free AP, um, or agility. Uh, it's just a easy talent. Um, your, your mid tier, your, your movement tier, um, you can either go lunge or windrush, depending if the raid needs movement, then you can take windrush. If you need movement more frequently, then you take lunge. Rainfall, uh, I mean, I guess if you're doing the Mage Tower Challenge or something, mm. but not really. <laughs> Get um, that movement, talent, rainfall. The yeah. CC tier, like, that's a wash. You pick whatever you want, man. That's, that's I, I take Lightning Surge all the time. Maybe I take Earth Grab to proc Cephos on certain situations because it lines up with the cooldown. But otherwise, not that important. Um, for 60, it's pretty much always um, Ancestral Swiftness. Like, dead on. Unless, again, you're taking a Kainu's, which point you take Hellstorm. There is, there is the only... Uh, exception to that rule, it kind of boils back down to that whole wonky, ha you know, haste stat points. Um, there is a point where, you know, if you can use Hailstorm with either Twisting Nether without dropping below one of those 25, 35, whatever, whatever haste breakpoints, then Ancestral Swiftness and Hailstorm have very comparative value. Right now, if you look at the uh, Mythic Tier 20 profile in SimCraft, it actually runs Hailstorm over Ancestral Swiftness because it gets to that like kind of perfect haste point. So, mm. so even even though Ancestral Swiftness 
Um, you know, and, and what Word was saying earlier, you can't mess up ancestral swiftness. Um, it's it's still something to consider, something to think about. Um, there are points where there is choice still. Yeah. Um, then for your tier seventy five, uh, they all work. They're all okay. Uh, generally, you play you play Tempest because Tempest adds something to our uh, our rotational burst. But so does Overcharge. Overcharge, however, is a much more um, intensive. Should I say, uh, talent? I know that you don't like it, Bay, and I know like there's a lot of other players who don't like it, but it, it, it is good, especially with the fast hearing, and in Power Stormlash as a uh, completely passive uh, talent is all right. So they're all usable, but I'd take Tempest. Uh, when it comes to the AOE tier, again, these are all usable. Uh, Crashing Storm is the easy one where you don't have to do anything extra. It's just free. Um, but you can lose a lot of damage if there's high movement, which really, really kills it on things like Mistress. Uh, Fury of Air is more intensive again. You need to be more aware of your Maelstrom. Um, but they play well with the gloves. Another way of triggering them. And just doing free AoE uh, off the global. And Sundering is... As much as I'd really like to say it's really awesome, it's it's really f starting to fall off just with raw scaling problems on it now. It's just not keeping up. It's not doing enough damage. The burst AoE isn't very relevant. It's worth like a third of a full stacked Crash Lightning with the four piece now. Um, so uh, I, I struggle to say pick that unless it's Mythic Plus, you need a bit more CC. And on the tier 100, don't take Boulder Fist. That's, that's all I can say. Earthen Spike it doesn't ascended. exist. Earthen Spike and Ascendance, 100% flex. It's which one you like the most. Sometimes one will win, sometimes the other will win. Depends what the fight requires, how you can play them, and so on. That's 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 uh that's the healthiest um, way of really describing those two. Yeah, because there's a back and forth that comes up that it, I, I get asked all the time. Like, so Earth and Spike Sims higher for me. Should I play it? Well, and then the question comes in. So Earth and Spike Sims higher because of what? Do you have the gloves? Oh well, yes. Well, okay. If you Earth and Spike into the damage amp window and you get glove procs, it's gonna be huge. It's, you know, 65% more damage, technically. Armor ignore plus the 30% physical from Earth and Spike. So it's a huge damage window. But how often is that going to line up in your favor? And you could have a great pull and then wipe. So then there goes all your RNG. So there's a back and forth. Obviously, Earth and Spike, as Word Up always says, Earth and Spike is an ability that's harder to use. You can mess it up. Whereas Ascendance, you just hit it and hit Wind Strike, basically. Right? So. There is there is one potential to mess up uh, ascendance. Uh, oh, if you get glove both. procs will stack with ascendance and not the other way around. If you proc mm -hmm. ascendance from the gloves and you activate ascendance, you lose any of the remaining duration on that proc, and it just sets it to fifteen seconds. If you get ascendance glove procs during like the hard cast three minute cooldown 15 seconds it will add to the current duration so that's really the only thing you have to watch out for yes yeah I've, it's a one-way street with those two it's just the way they're they're built in which is fine I've, I've had the and many of you may have the same feeling that i've had before where you'll right click a boss in a mythic plus to get ready to, to, to go into combat, so your auto attacks go into go, but you get Fury of Air rolling, and you ascend, and you auto attack from a distance to pull a boss early. Happen to me all the time. Always happens, of course. 
Very, very small chance to proc the gloves on a Fury of Air tick, but always happens when you don't want it to. Point well, there's more than a few percent. times when I've like been ready. I know I'm going to press Ascendance, so I press my button and I press it, and it's already propped, and I immediately... Yep. I mean, the yep. the Mistress kill that I had um, that was in the in the logs, uh, I did a lot of damage, but I I knew immediately as soon as I as I looked at it that I completely overwrote one of my ascendance procs because I just knew in my head I was going to press it right then to stay out of range with the fish and wasted ten seconds of it and it's the kind of thing where you press it and you immediately recoil because you've uh you've just basically <laughs> burned your cooldown. It Procs in funny. the opener throw me off real bad too because oh, yeah. th there's there's really just the one ability, well, two abilities that can activate it before your first ascendance and your first uh, uh, wind strike. It's the crash lightning to get the two piece buff up and yep. fury of air rolling. So the the odds of getting a proc in your opener are very very low. But then when it happens, I just reflexively hit ascendance anyway. So I'm just like, oh, that was stupid. Yep, it definitely happens. You get the buffer fish on Mistress, and you walk out to get it, and you walk back in. You're like, all right, here we go. And then you crack into Ascendance from the gloves as you hit it. Oh, it feels, oh, it feels bad, but it's, it's going to happen. I mean, you could avoid that by not running Fury of Air, of course, then I'll have a constant spending going on. It could but still happen on the crash. It could happen on the crash before you go. It, it's yeah. it's yeah. just a thing where, you know, I've, I've repeated that same opener thousands of times this yep. patch alone. And, and then just the one thing that happens, the GCD before, and you're just like, it just... It just messes with you. You're, you're, like, yeah. you're locked in. Because a lot of times you're playing two or three globals ahead in your head. So um, if something gets in the way of that, if you don't react in time because you're looking at the fight or something, then you can lose out. Yep. It's a really minor problem to have. It's just one of those, like, it's just a little more mini games for enhancement we got to deal with, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But... I guess uh, moving on from those, we wanted to make sure we, we did it earlier, but we want to make sure we bring it up again that Windrush Totem is very good. Get into the habit of either having one macro or two macros for it. One cast at cursor, super nice addition to the game recently, or cast itself. So you can just like plop it into melee and ooh, there you go. Uh, get into those tornadoes on Mistress when you plop it down and you're all going through the same corridor because it only has a 10 yard radius is really helpful. If we're going to have the argument that we came back up with that, you know, enhancements raid utility is very low, then abuse the crap out of Windrush Totem. Make sure your raid knows that's a good thing that we have out of the one thing we bring. <laughs> so, yeah, use that. That's a good one. Uh, never take Boulder Fist. Never take Lightning Shield unless you're PvPing. Maybe, but not really, or you're leveling. That's the one thing I wanted to cap off there. That stupid Lightning Shield talent should be a PvP talent. It's dumb. Anyway, <clears throat> Or it could have the glyph built in baseline. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Wouldn't that be nice? Damn, that'd be nice. Oh well. Trinkets. Can only dream. Yeah. This is a side note to the honorable mentions of trinkets because I did a big trinket sim on stream recently and I looked at like 12 different trinkets, varying eye levels from like 880 all the way up to the 930. And the difference in damage is so tiny that. It doesn't even matter. But WordUp wants to make sure that I talk about BTI, so WordUp, go for it. I'd really rather not talk about BTI, <laughs> but it still exists, and I, yeah. I think it's really stupid that we're we're back in like a, a Dragon Spine trophy from Gruul kind of situation, where a trinket from 
the very first raid tier is still relevant now and will remain relevant for the rest of the expansion. It's just the chance of you getting one that's actually the right item level is uh, virtually zero. But it is really, really good. So a lot of people are still going to farm it. Um, it's just that it is a super consistent trinket in a world of horribly inconsistent trinkets or awkwardly yeah. designed trinkets. And BTI is just like a classic main stat with a secondary proc, but it procs really frequently and it gets better during the um, the later parts of the fight, uh, marginally anyway. Uh, it's just it's just really good, and it's a shame that they've gone a bit too out there with other trinkets recently that keeps that trinket relevant. A lot of it is uh, it's just it sits in that same category as the Arcana Crystal. It's just over-budgeted for its item level. Um, if you compare the amount of stats with the uptime that BTI gives compared to other typical stat proc trinkets, it's it's significantly more powerful than other trinkets of its item level. And, you know, Arcana Crystal sits in the same place where secondary stats are so strong and it just gives so many. Um, and Blizzard said before that they don't want to, you know, nerf these trinkets that people have been farming for and spending a lot of time getting and and that's admirable but they probably should have nipped it in the bud like way back in like first or second week of emerald nightmare it, it's maddening that it's still so good um and it's more just a testament of just how just not good a lot of the most recent trinkets have been um even yeah. things like engine engine of eradication which is incredibly powerful is significantly weaker than a similar item level engine so it's just uh it is, i don't know it's, it's just a weird like i wish there were other talents or trinkets that were as good right and they just aren't yeah the you have a normalized trinket sim on the ac veins guide for example and you put them at 915 granted the the kill james burning butthole is always going to be at 970 you know big deal but it's funny to see a, that Six Feathered Fan, World Drop Trinket, yeah, good luck. BTI, and then we have Spectre, I have Command, Chaos Talisman, Cradle, Arcano Crystal, Convergence. They're all so close, but it's the issue that Bloodthirsty Instinct is from the first raid in the expansion, as deep as we in now, and it's still that good if you get lucky enough. Yeah, the, the thing with Trinkets, this expansion is universally, because of the item level thing, um, a lot of the times with Trinkets just... For starters, never vendor any if you get them and it's a high item <laughs> level. Just keep them, keep yeah. all of them. Yeah. And if you do a boss and you're feeling like, how do I eke out a bit more damage? Just just try some of them. Just do a couple of pulls with that convergence on see if you like the extra mails from Jen because convergence is still pretty good. Um, maybe it lines up your wolves with burst AoE. Um, so you can contribute a bit more. That's fine. Uh, maybe you want a bit more flexible stat procs take a foci maybe people are dying sometimes and you can take advantage of memento that's really good maybe you just want flat consistency you can put on a cano crystal that's great like having a lot of trinkets to try around is really healthy for when you're raiding because you can just try them out and see where you can get a bit more instead of relying on what's the best is this the best i will only use this yep i want to make sure there's two little end caps that before we move on to the nitty-gritty and bring in chat q a the Convergence of Fate is basically being axed in 7.3. We don't know to what extent yet. People have said that it's basically being cut in half on all RPPMs, so use it while you have it. But again, we're not going to get the 7.3 patch for month, month and a half, two or whatever, so we'll see how long that takes. But it is on the horizon. They have talked about it. So it's, it's happening for everyone across the board with that trinket, unfortunately. 
and the nether shard vendor on the the broken isle the broken shore rather that is moving in the patch and those 880 trinkets and the currency used on them is being removed you can't get relinquished tokens anymore so if you have any other shards around, you're trying to like save up and farm for trinkets because the, the a trinkets that can Titan Forge to whatever are from basically all of this stuff before Tomb. Use them now. Like save up before the patch drops. Buy all of them now and hope you get like a 925 Arcano or whatever have you. Right. So don't hold them until the patch because then they'll be then they'll be gone. So use them beforehand. Use them beforehand. So now we'll bring up the nitty-gritty. So community perception representation, strength on progression, this kind of stuff. If chat, if you have any questions for Word Up and Rusa, please, now is your time. We have about, I don't know, eight to ten minutes or so we can sort of wrap this up with. I have a whole bunch of nonsense I wrote on the notes, but I guess we've been a little serious the whole show, so we'll bring up funny stuff. So how about favorite armor set? I guess Word Up, do you prefer the kilt? Or the pantsuit look for your enhancement shaman, your female orc. I I jump between either. I've got I've got a lot of different sets to just put on. Try it. Depends how I'm feeling on the day. But Rusa, you've been wearing the same pantsuit for a while now, eh? My um, see, my opinions on this are gonna are are, are apparently flawed because my guild <laughs> likes to tell me my transmogs are the worst ever. Uh, I like the the whole. I generally like hunter tier more than shaman tier. I'm not a big fan of the dresses. I like the whole like armored elemental warrior kind of uh, kind of look. So like good example is my one of my favorite sets is the uh, one that I use often is uh, hunter firelands tier um, hmm. combined with some of the shaman tier, uh, and it's it's just. It's a fun little like armored shaman warrior kind of look. I'm I'm ready. I like the tier twenty one on the horizon. I'm ready to look like a, uh, a a troll elemental nameless king from Dark Souls. That looks. I don't know why the belt is red. I'm assuming it's just a a color problem with the belt, but oh, that kind of stuff. I'm I'm a dress person though. The kilt or whatever you want to say. Because the follow-up question to that is, uh, why are you both not Pandaren? Because it's the best shaman. No, it's because uh, it's because female orcs are thick, man. They've got thick <laughs> <they've got five laughs> Wow. <laughs> I don't know why why you aren't playing female orcs. Because come on. <sighs> oh, no, man. Uh, Got to get that three toes from those trolls. Uh, now I just like berserking as a cooldown. It lines up well. Uh, I didn't even pick it for an aesthetic reason. I just picked it. I picked troll for the racial. Well, if, if, if I'm going to go on the similar uh, route with the, the thick comment from Word Up, is that I actually, if I played Horde, I'd be female Torin because they look really good. Every time I get a female Torin, that is the kill attempt. So they have just well, proportions that, of the Doomhammer. Yeah, female Tor Torin also have like a real, like, a real shit-eating grin on the face when you, look, <laughs> when you zoom in. They, uh, that's, that's a really good thing about female Torin too. They that in yeah. Torrens as a race, like you can actually see yourself when yeah. you're in a raid. It's true. Uh, every now and then, when I when I use like a gammon toy, it's like, oh, there I am. Instead of just mm. being in a giant pile of pets and people and melee mm. DPS, one of our, uh, not one of our ret paladin in our guild loves being a gigantic torrent. He puts on every single size increase he can. You can see him from a mile away. Mechanics are happening. He's coming. It's funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> eight minute Q&A on hairy females. Well, trolls aren't hairy. That's what Rusa plays. He's a female troll. But I get, well, they have the huge mohawks, I suppose. Yeah, and then Gale makes fun of Word Up for the female orcs have the worst combat sounds. I turn into a female orc sometimes and I make fun of it like Orbital Deception. I'm like, oh, I'm senpai. But then I realize that like, she's so loud. The female orc is so loud. <laughs> Everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't miss it. No, she's so, so angry all the time. But uh, it's just an orc thing. Because male orc is also really angry too and really loud if you, if you male orc it up. They both just talk a lot. But there we go. I don't think I see any questions in in chat. I just, just don't play dwarves. Female dwarf, Do you okay. But... Sometimes, no, oh, no. I'm that, that. I'm not the person to ask about that. I I staunchly do not like two hand shaman or tank shaman. Those two things are not me. Mm. And that maybe that's unpopular, but I I don't like the whole two hand thing. Yeah, Doomhammer clips pretty hard on male orcs. It goes through your body. Like, because the way they stand, they're, like, holding it in their neck. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Hailstorm should have crazy good scaling with secondary stats. Do you think it'll become a thing again as eye level increases? It's already technically a thing now. If you can get above a certain reverse cliff haste point. Yeah. I'd probably say... What, what's the, what's the, um, the mythic uh, scaling on, the, on SimCraft? Is it 36% haste? And then you can go hailstorm without AS Rusa. What what is that? That's, or is it yeah? 40? That's thirty six percent is what you want to look for. If you can nail that without ancestral swiftness, then you can you can take hailstorm for a competitive option. I think it's when I was putting that profile together. I want to say it was like a seven or eight k DPS jump. Um, but, but I mean, even if you don't take it, it's like maybe five k DPS less. Depend depends on your stats. Simit. You know that's like our favorite thing to say in the mm -hmm. enhanced in the Earth Shrine enhanced channel is Simit. Um, it's but it, not it, a derogatory way. Don't take well, it badly. Yeah, no, it, some like, people it, do. Yeah, it, for yeah. enhance, it's like a genuine like we don't have those kind of answers for you. Like there's so many little pieces that work together. If you like Hailstorm, play Hailstorm. It's it's good. It's yep. it's competitive. It's strong. It's not a dead talent. Yeah, nope. that's that, that's something. If you that really want to play lightning shield, play lightning shield. Yeah, 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 yeah Rusa. <laughs> Don't you say. We've really tried to like avoid doing this expansion. Is to just like be the place where it tells you to only do this always. Oh yeah. As soon as things started to become a bit more open, where there were choices, we've really tried to just convince people that there's choices and you can try them. It's not like the end of the world if it's not for you. Just give it a try, like. Please give it a try, because otherwise you start saying that you don't like a talent without knowing why you don't. Mm -hmm. And you start saying, like, oh, I don't like this because it's clunky. And then you ask, well, what do you mean by that? And they go, well, I just don't like it. That We got that a lot That's with a Overcharge. Like in 715 with Helia, when that patch came out, we got Fury of Air clunky, Overcharge clunky. Well, what don't you like about it? I don't. I just don't like it. Well, can you like put it in words? No, they just don't like it. It's like, well, then, did you they even try it? Like, they don't want to try it. It's maddening. Well, there there was a anti-fluidity feel to having both Overcharge and Fury of Air. I did it. You can watch my Mythic Helia kill video. I did that that spec. Game was fine, but I don't know if I was having super fun times during the whole time because there's always the... The arguably times where you hit your overcharge 
and you still have Maelstrom, but for some reason the tick rate of Fury of Air, it turns off, so you gotta turn it back on, then you gotta redo your weapon buffs, and Stormstrike procs, then overcharges back up. Like, it was just not, it had anti-fluidity moments where you just well, like, I'm always catching up. That's, but, that's what I enjoyed about it strongly, because we went <sighs> from 7.1, which had like, zero maelstrom management you did you just ignored it and you hit your buttons and if you you didn't have enough maelstrom you just kept hitting buttons until you could like until you had maelstrom again like total drool cup like brain dead <laughs> you just hit buttons wow but I, in 715 it was fun because it made you think about maelstrom it made you think um you know, four to five seconds ahead, several GCDs ahead. When can I safely lava lash? How much, you know, yeah. how much maelstrom do I need to save up for the overcharge, storm strike, uh, and refreshes? Like, I liked the whole thinking ahead planning thing. Mm -hmm. That was really fun for me. And that's not the case for everyone. And that's fine. If you don't like it, it's fine. But, you know, if people can articulate, that's why they don't like it. You know, the it, thing is with with that though, when when people come to me and they say they don't like it and they don't want to play it, a lot of the time the answer is really simply, then don't play it because a lot of the time the talents are really yeah. close, and this isn't like a don't play it because I don't want to help you. I'm gonna be the answer is genuinely don't play it because the game is ultimately about having fun, and if you are intentionally playing something that makes you have less fun while you're using it, and you're forcing yourself to do it out of some arbitrary how much damage it's going to do you're doing yourself a disservice and you shouldn't be doing that right that's good oh northern man brought up cleanse spirit i mean it's unfortunate that it's it does have some uses yeah, uh if you're uses. if you're playing mythic plus with like a mistweaver for instance it can be useful because uh, i can't do curses yeah that's true it actually, you know, it's funny. I say it can be useful, but so I was doing a, a Kara upper with a guildmate of mine who was playing on his Mistweaver all, and he's like, hey, can you cleanse these debuffs? And I was like, that's not on my bars. That's not even key bound. Wow. Let me spellbook this real quick. <laughs> so it's it, it's so rare. Like, I think it's the first time in the entire expansion someone, like, legitimately asked me to do that. Well, we can close with Evil Axel before we give you guys some soapbox time, asking about why does my damage drop off like a truck as soon as I have to move from mechanics? Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we have to be hitting bosses. We have no residual damage anymore, so... That happens to everyone. Yeah, it happens to everyone. Just, if you, if you have hard downtime, we, we really suffer from downtime that, because we're quite, like, we're not really heavily front-loaded, like, say, a ret is during Crusade. We do a bit of burst, but then we have, like, a pretty solid, like, stable in-between cooldowns period where we're doing constantly good damage. You go out of range for a bit, you're losing procs, you're losing globals, all of these things that are really valuable to us. All your buffs are taking off. Yep. Melisande is a perfect example. Very first phase oh, yeah. Melisande when she jumps away is the perfect example of our weakness. She jumps away. There's, you know, all of our buffs are ticking off. Stormbringer's yeah. probably going to drop. Um, we're not... Like, other classes can be at least getting a cooldown towards another big ability or, or a shorter like class cooldown. Like, Warrior's a good example. They can be getting closer to a Battle Cry or Colossus or Mortal Strike could be coming back up. Whereas for us, it's like, we just... It's a total reset. It's a hard, hey, you're starting the fight over again every time it happens. And that's to expound on what WordUp says, too. Looking at now that we actually have a cooldown, because Feral Spirits, it's just a rotational ability, let's be honest. We actually have a cooldown now in Ascendance, either via Gloves or via the talent itself. And in the same argument, Earth and Spike as a rotational short-form cooldown. Other specs in the game, 
that are more bursty have a higher burst window and then a lower fall off. Like look at like Havoc. When you put up Chaos Blades and Nemesis and Metamorphosis, your burst window is much higher than Enhancement Shaman. But once those all fall off, woo, they fall way down. Their their smooth damage is way below. Enhancement only has like a 30-ish percent like bump. And then we just go back down to where we were. So because we have less of a huge jump, our fall off is actually lessened. So you notice on certain fights, like mostly a lot of it is really hidden. Sisters of the Moon is a great enhancement fight because we won't burst as high as other specs. But by the end of that fight, if you're not like one or two, then you may have just done something wrong because we just continuously tunnel into that boss nonstop that whole time. We will slowly climb up over anyone else. Just how, how the yeah, spec plays. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the impact of downtime for us. But yep. it also means that you don't feel like you're really just treading water until your next cooldown, mm -hmm. which is part of the fun of the spec. Yep. So I guess Soapbox will wrap up time here. Rusa, you want first? I have your picture ready. I'll just bring it up on screen right now. We already Perfect. said this. There it is. Just, we just let a moment of silence. Do you want a moment? I'm waiting for it to come up. There we go. Oh, it's it's a little bit of delay. What do, uh, what do oh, we look, yeah. What do we, what do we so, look at here, Russo? What's this? So for newer players or players that didn't play in Mist of Pandaria or didn't play in Enhancement Shaman, you probably saw this effect if you ever raided or played with Enhanced Shamans. This was the original iteration of, of uh, Ascendance and uh, Stormblast. We uh, have been kind of joking at this about uh, Rad Blast just because it looks so damn cool. Um you know, in this, so my whole soapbox is class fantasy. Legion was supposed to be the reset to class fantasy. But I feel like I felt more like a shaman in Missa Pandaria with totems and elemental effects in MOP than I did in Legion. You know, this was supposed to be the expansion of going back to spec identity. And I just feel like an elemental warrior or an elemental rogue or an elemental monk. Like that just hits Stormstrike and Lava Lash. Uh, and, you know, it's, I, I just, I feel like they kind of missed the mark on that. Uh, you know, I feel like there's a lot of really cool visual effects and impact that they could do for enhancement that either they just ran out of time or they didn't feel was a priority. We just don't feel like shamans anymore. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I would really love it, Blizzard, if anybody's listening, I'm... I, there's no way you haven't heard someone say this. Please, at the very minimum, take that Stormblast animation and put it on Overcharge. I would play Overcharge over Tempest on every ah, fight yeah. ever, and I would never take it off. It would be the most fun yeah. thing ever. You, Please. I, I mean, that, that's, there's one way to put it. You, you ah. turned. There was like a fork in the road as Rooster was doing that, and I was like, he's going to say the wrong thing, isn't he? And you totally did. No, just <laughs> take, take this animation and just put it where wind strike is just it, don't it, put the mastery scaling in it already would, works fine how just, much would you piss off the rest of your raid members when all they see is like bish, 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 like they every, won't well, they probably won't like, see what are you doing they, they probably won't see the full animation because of all the squelching that happens in raids but true, true. that was you unless on squelch specifically that <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> that. like yeah. for a time when yeah, stormlash yeah. wasn't unsquelched and everybody saw the, the cool lightning effect. Um, but yeah, like, I just, I feel like uh, all the class fantasy is missing. Um, a little bit. I'm just, I have a Doomhammer and I hit Stormstrike. I don't feel like a shaman. So, 
Yeah, I would. Uh, my whole going back to the middle of the show thing is I I want Rad Blast back as much as any of us for the Ascendance window. I also just really want the glyph because as much as the ascended form is fine, it's just janky and old. And using our new models and becoming a lightning panda and then hitting Rad Blast was just so good. I miss that so much. That is a huge crater that has been filled with not old god goop or whatever the stupid saying Ilganoth. Okay, word up. What's what's your soapbox or what do you got? Closing statements. I'm just gonna go with the same thing that I, I said on the BTS thing last night. That, um, uh. This is a bit more general as opposed to like just enhancement but uh, when a lot of people come to me and uh, I know for a few that I speak to a lot of people as well They'll come to me and be ask and ask really, really hyper specific questions for help. Like, um, do I need an extra two hundred haste, or do I need to hit this break point, or should I like change out this item for this item? Um, and can you look at my logs? Should I change my gear and look at my armory? And a lot of the time, the answer isn't really like a super minutia answer that'll help you improve. Like, uh, like you need five percent more uptime on your flame tongue. If you instead took that time of like an hour or two hours of you battering sims to get these really small little changes. If you spent that time hitting a dummy or doing doing LFR or doing a boss and just practicing and practicing mechanics until they go into the back of your head and you don't have to pay attention to any, them anymore, that'll be the much, much better investment of that time to improve. The best way to get better at all of the specs is not the minor, it's, it's the practice. And I think that's something that's starting to get lost in Legion when there's a lot of the really specific uh, things that people ask for they forget that just playing the game is how you get better at the game okay that's a really big end cap because i've had a couple of people ask me on stream and i'll we'll, we'll debate and we'll talk about stuff on the broadcast but i actually don't i don't really know about going deeper than that like i'm not gonna i don't really want to log dive people and i really can only learn so much about looking at your armory because gear is sort of as we went over the show multiple times kind of like eh but it really comes down to enhancement is very muscle memory. I mean, after a while, once you learn the timings on abilities and how to react to certain things and weave it in, it becomes very much second nature. So what WordUp says is really true. I mean, practicing in a video game seems kind of weird, but it's, it's well, like I, I always I liken it to to when you when you look at people who play League, they spend a lot of time who. Because I, I don't play it personally, but I, they spend a lot of time in the training area just practicing mechanics over and over again. They'll spend like an hour in the day just doing that. They'll spend it in the practice zone when they're playing CSGO. They'll, they'll practice mechanics like that. And the really, really high-end players, the people that you're wanting to emulate who are passing and doing that, they're mm. all people who've done this. They've spent like... I spend five, ten hours on a dummy like, like every couple of weeks or so like over the space just to make sure that when I'm playing, I don't need to think about, do I need to press Stormstrike? Do I need to do this? I'm not thinking about that. Because when you don't have to think about that, you can look at the fight and you can say, oh man, in five seconds, I'm going to get a chance to abuse Crash Lightning here. So I need to be over here whilst I still do my rotation. That's the kind of thing that really like improves you by far more than whether or not your gear is slightly more optimized, at least in my opinion. It's like yeah. driving a car at some point. Car is just a tool, an extension of you. Oh, as no! opposed to, uh -huh. I, I wasn't, I wasn't going there. I was just going, I was just going with the tool car part. That's you a good one. Couldn't help yourself. That's a deep cut. Go check out the seven two five Bay talks with Word Up about enhancement shaman for for that little nugget of goodness. 
<laughs> oh, it's so good. All right, well, I'm hitting this button, gentlemen. It's time to, to wrap this up. So thank you very much for tuning in to episode number 151 of Final Boss TV. Today was the Legion Enhancement Shaman Show. Finally, we have Brewmaster Monk next week, and then a bit of a hiatus. And then we'll be back for BlizzCon pre and post, and then we'll go from there. But around the table real quick again, there's Rusa. He was the fresh meat today. You can go poke him in Discord at Rusa. Thank you for being on the show today, sir. All the math and stuff you work out with, with Ryeth and Genji. Really appreciate your time, sir. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Did you want to grab your, your doge? Oh, yeah. Chad? Marshall, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh, come here, buddy. Ah, Casmo uh, Dan was saying he saw my dog. Say hello, Marshall. <laughs> you don't know what a webcam is, do you? There we go. There we go, chat. We did it. And there's Word Up over there with his with his pirate facial hair. You can follow him on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Word Up and other places on the internet. Thank you for being on the show again, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was good to be back again. You never know what I'm going to look like next time. No. <laughs> we brought up we brought up like old pictures. We were setting the show up right now. And there's like a, a progression of like, who is this kid in, in here? And yeah, but I think I don't know. Chat thumbs thumbs up, thumbs down on Word Up's facial hair. What do you, what do you think? We'll get oh, it. We'll get it. I'm not happy about that one. <laughs> but that's that's gonna be it for this episode. Again, Brewmaster next week, and then a break. If you have any questions, of course, for shows, if you are in the the Discord channel, the general chat, I usually ping it. If you want to grab questions for me that week, of course, I'm really easy to get in touch with. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all down below the stream. Of course, if you want to support the show, there's the Patreon, the BTS podcasts now. The first 12 of them are at the Any Pledge. So $1 is all you need to do to get 12 extra podcasts if you'd like to, or the other the other rewards on there. Of course, you can always subscribe to here up, up here on the, the Twitch channel, or if you're on YouTube, the subscribe button's like down there or something, the red one, that, that works too. But... Trusting your seal of artifact power. The grind is coming back with the Netherlight Crucible, so be ready for that again. But until the next thing, everybody. Uh, bye. Wait, wait, wait. Wave bye by these people. Wave bye. Wait. Wave. Wave. Wave bye. Where? Oh, there you go. Well, I'm not very good at waving. You know that, man. Terrible.